0: Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by tournamentpokeredge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to tournament poker strategy. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Fez, Buddy, and Killingbird. Hello everyone, welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge Podcast. As always,
1: we are here, your hosts.
0: I'm Killing Bird. That's Ron Fezbuddy. How are you, sir? That is me.
1: I am I am well. (laughs) You are (laughs) that's how I identify myself now. That is I. (laughs) Yes, that is
0: I I am me. Watch too much
1: Game of Thrones. That is I. Oh my god, greatest show ever. From House of T P E. Slide <laughs> <Fly> the flag. <laughs> oh God, this is getting awful. All right, stop right there. Uh, it is uh, such a great bad. show, though.
0: Oh yeah, if you're not—I mean, if, if, for i am sure people get tired of being told nowadays, especially yeah. what TV shows to be watching. But if you're not watching Game of Thrones, you're just missing out. Well,
1: I mean, it is the ratings on that show are ridiculous for HBO. It's six point mm. six million viewers. I think the last episode. Yeah, and that's or maybe not the last episode, but like the first episode of this new season. That's oh, insane right. for a premium cable channel. Sane. Yeah. So I think it's not just like, hey, go watch T go watch, go watch T. P. Go watch Game of Thrones. I think I think people are watching it now. I think it's you know, culturally not just like this underground phenomenon anymore. It's like right. you know, it's what people are doing.
0: It's reached the tipping point.
1: I, I think it has. I mean it just keeps growing its audience every year. It's awesome. Very cool.
0: Um But we're a poker podcast, so let's
1: talk some poker.
0: How are are things going on the grind,
1: as they say? Pretty good. Um, I haven't cashed big in anything in the last couple of weeks, but I've been making some nice runs, so I'm feeling good about poker. Uh, Cool. You know, I've been focusing a lot on you know, obviously on Bovada, and I'm playing, I'm playing just big fields. Like, you know, I feel like I just want to win. Like, I don't want to. I'm not grinding Bovada. Put it that way, right? Like, I'm not. I have my day job and I'm not playing, you know, 15 tables all day or at one time and then doing that all day. I just want to play, you know, four tables where I can have a significant score. So I'm playing like all the, you know, the 35 K, the, uh, the $10, 12.5 K. I mean, you know, it's, these field sizes are like near, like over a thousand people a lot of times. So yeah. I'm just making a lot of deep runs. I haven't closed one of those yet. Um, not recently, not since I, I got heads up with Mark Aliotto. uh, didn't know <laughs> about it, um, in the 35 K, but, um, yeah. but I, I, I am making some nice deep runs and it feels really good leading up to the world series. I just feel like I'm playing really well for yeah you know, right now. I feel good about it.
0: Yeah. It's been fun. I, um, I've started playing most of my volume on Bovada. Uh, I used to play a lot on poker Host, but then they segregated, segregated from merge, blah, blah, blah. LOL. US poker problems. Yes. Um, so been playing a lot more volume on Bavada, and it has taken me a little bit of time to readjust to the field sizes yeah. cuz for the longest time it was like oh just got to battle through you know 250 yeah. people or whatever and now all of a sudden tabling. sometimes it's like yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I mean it was
1: absurd like last year 2013 I would be final tabling something every night and it yeah. you know, it's just like and top twoing it <laughs> almost every night. Right. I was heads up three tournaments at one time. No, four tournaments at one time <laughs> on lockback back, you know, when they were paying people. Um, right. so like it's a completely different. It's a completely different thing now. I, I yeah. agree. agree. Yeah.
0: But it's fun because it, it it harkens back to the the good old days when we could play Tilt and Stars where when you do get deep, yes. it's for some pretty it's good pretty money. It's
1: pretty exciting. It's got that yeah. feeling like I mean, I think I finished 20th or something the other night in the uh in the 35K, and like it had that feeling of like the 50/50 back, you know, 2007, yep. like late at night, my my house is quiet, and you know, there's significant money on the line. So, and it hurt just as yeah. much to finish 20th as it does, and you know, in that tournament did. Uh, right. but it's you know, it's good. It's it's exactly and what it's, I love that exactly.
0: Yeah, and it's pretty close to that. Um, big of a prize pool these days. I mean, it's a, it's a 35k guarantee, but I'm actually looking at the lobby right now, and I got almost 41,000 in the prize yeah, pool tonight. Point. So it's it's approaching, you know, 5050, 50 and yeah. the what was it, the nightly 50 grand? It's approaching those yeah. kind of numbers. First place which is, is great. like what 7.2k?
1: Uh, 8k tonight. 8k.
0: Yeah, 7936.
1: That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. I wish I played it. Do it. Yeah,
0: I finished 12th the other night. It was awesome. I do a stupid podcast
1: with you instead of playing.
0: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs>
1: Oh, don't worry, I'm playing.
0: <laughs> just not 15 tables. Yeah. Like <laughs> um, but the good news is, one month, one month from now, that's it. We'll be in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, Las Vegas. playing some live poker. So are you get excited? I am
1: very excited playing the live pokers. Um, you know, the first weekend is that Millionaire Maker, and so that's just a fantastic tournament. Played it last year. It's definitely something, you know. I'm looking forward to, and we like, think about, you know, it's it's silly, but there is a cachet to the whole, you know, World Series, and it's exciting, It's especially when, you know, I don't play a lot live, to know that those big tournaments are coming, it's, it's an exciting thing. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm just getting my all uh, together for, for that, and it's really fun. Yeah.
0: yeah, I look forward to it every year, obviously, and uh, this year is no different, it's just... It's fun on so many levels. I mean, obviously, getting to play live poker is cool. Getting to hang out with all the TPE guys, getting to meet the TPE members. Right. Um, I mean, everything about it is just is a fun summer. It's like you get to be a kid again for a little yes, while. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, in addition, a
0: kid that loses lots of money. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's a uh, you know when I tell people about you know TPE and TPE house and I mean people love it. Just like people are envious, just for the guys' weekendish type of thing that it is, right? Like, right. you know, it's truly fun to go out there and hang out with everyone, and you know, get in the car and drive around, and you know, what is it? Brochel? Bro- 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 yeah,
0: give each other brochel. Bro- 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 <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm gonna have to explain what that is, Doc.
0: I wonder if that's in the urban dictionary. <laughs> I'm not even sure. I think that name is is an original of a group of my friends, but yeah, a brochel <laughs> bro- is when you're you're driving down the road in the car and everybody's like. I don't know, reading or looking at their phone or whatever, and you slam on the brakes and scream as loud as you can for no reason, and everybody <laughs> panics and yells at you. Yeah, we we usually do that every year, well, I think, uh, every day. I think
1: about every year there's always something interesting, like, you know, that comes out of it. There's always memories, like just last year. Remember, like, Carlos, you know, like, just hanging out. With yeah. Him. Like, it's just like, hey, you know, you think, about, like, that was the week, that was the year we met Carlos, right? It's just, right. It's just, and then, then, then whatever, two, three years ago when KB, um, in his moment of extreme genius decides that it would be a good idea to order 500 TPE stress balls and have them delivered to the TPE house um, and immediately they became weapons and you could not yeah. sit at the house without a ball whizzing by your head or smacking <laughs> your head nonstop. stop <laughs> um, yeah.
0: and they've been ordered again <laughs>
1: Jesus. Although I do, I am glad that we have a rule of no, you know, not no, no, no messing with someone's sleep. That that's that's good because you know I don't want to yeah. live in fear when I go to bed. Um, but you can't, you know, you have to be on guard all the time. So just there's always some fun memory that comes out of it, or even the random last year, the randomness of the decorating of our house. Oh yeah, <laughs> like there was a Hollywood sign next to like a chalice,
0: <laughs> and we had the ghost <laughs> the year before. Ghost the
1: year before, see, there's always something. So people. I I enjoy it from the po- you know, from the poker to the um the camaraderie and just the fun guys weekendish type of, of time we have. And you know, I um I uh I had lunch this week with a T te- with a, with a, a podcast listener, um, Tom got um great guy. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Tom. Um he's a, a faithful listener and uh you know, great guy. And you know, I was explaining to him, you know, about going to the World Series and playing and it's just The whole aura and mystique of it is even if you've never done it, you really got to go at least once and do it because it's just so much fun to you know have that to look forward to, and you know who knows maybe someone will win a bracelet. So yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm advertising for the WSOP right now. Yeah.
0: If you're listening, WSOP, we do take sponsorship money, so hit us (laughs) up. Um, Speaking of the World Series, now's a good time to mention that we did nail down a date for a little TPE meetup. So if you're a TP listener or a TPE site member and want to come hang out with uh, us and other members, uh, it's going to be May 30th at the bowling alley at Gold Coast. We've always done bars in the past, but we thought it might be fun to mix it up a little bit this year. So we're going to go to Gold Coast, uh, do a little bowling, and T-Twist is – feverishly getting TPE bowling trophies made up. So there will be <laughs> trophies on the line. Uh, so we encourage you guys to come out and hang out for that. Uh, last year we had, I think, about, I'm going to say maybe 20, 25 people total at the, at the TPE meetup, and it was a lot of fun. Okay. So let's see, if we can, let's see if we can beat that number this that year. We... May 30th. All right,
1: that's the night I'm coming in. So I will go yep. straight from the airport to the meetup.
0: With your bowling
1: ball. With my bowling ball. I'm going to take that on the plane with me. <laughs>
0: yeah so that should be fun so and there's a thread um in the wsop uh or there's a wsop thread in the live poker forum on the site so if you need more details head over there and check it out it's gonna be fun good stuff uh speaking of live poker very excited tonight to have uh jamie kerstetter on the show she uh kind of splits her time i guess between live and online poker and has had a quite a bit of success um live in the past, especially on circuit events and in a lot of the big New Jersey events, so uh, it's going to be fun to get her on the show and talk. We've we've waited way too long to make this happen, so it should be
1: fun. Yeah, very pleasant that Jamie is, and it, yes. yeah, I'm really good at poker, and um, really funny on Twitter, so it's, she's going to be a good guest on the show, and I'm excited uh, to bring her on.
0: Yeah, way more funny and uh, and smart about poker than us, so yeah, let's... Uh, for sure. so <laughs> yeah, so let's get her in here. So we'll... Uh, yeah, we'll just take a quick little break and we'll come back, talk a little poker and a little bit of strategy with Jamie Kirstetter here on the TPE Podcast.
2: If you are looking for the best MTG training
3: site on the planet, look no further than TournamentPokerEdge.com. Tournament Poker Edge
0: focuses exclusively on multi-table tournaments and features some of the best live and online pros. No waiting for cash game videos looking for the occasional tournament video. Tournament Poker Edge also offers strategy articles, forums, a member chat room and much more. So visit TournamentPokerEdge.com and start taking your game to the next level now. everybody. Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Time to bring in today's pro for a little interview and some strategy talk. Welcome to the show, Jamie Christetter. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. How are you guys?
0: Good. Very, very good. Welcome. You're, sur- you're surviving the tornadoes up there, I hope? Yeah,
2: this is the scariest place to live. Uh, Brigantine is windy on like a normal sunny day, and I I really think I might blow away. <laughs>
0: Well, just make sure that you uh, get the podcast on first <laughs> keep your head, and then good luck. Keep your headset on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
0: we, we, you, you've been with TP for a bit. In fact, I was actually thinking back. I guess it was two World Series of Pokers ago that you and I sat down at the lobby of the Rio and discussed you coming on board. Yep. Um and so it's taking us a long time to get you on the podcast. So thank you very much, first of all. Oh no for,
2: problem, happy to do it. For, uh,
0: for coming on, uh, I know people will be uh, looking forward to this and enjoying it. Um, so before we get into strat, we wanted to just kind of go back, talk a little bit about your history and uh, and also kind of what's going on with you now because you got some exciting developments happening in your poker career. So um, I guess begin by you know talking a little bit about how you got into poker and and how you became a quote-unquote professional poker player okay,
2: um i started playing well i started playing when i was about 20 because tropicana would just let anybody in um yeah. <laughs> uh so that's where i started and and i played just a little bit i was playing for fun and like i didn't i wasn't really concerned whether i was winning or losing um went to law school played in some detroit casinos and um started to really take it seriously when we started having a home game with a bunch of my like law school buddies. Cause they're all like, it was, a, I went to a top 10 law school into Michigan where they're all so smart. But like the one thing I could beat them at was poker. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to decide this case
1: by poker. Like that would be That's great. I <laughs>
2: wish I was soccer maybe Scrabble, but like, they were all, like the that, was, that was like the one thing that I felt like I was really good at compared to other people. Um, and so that got me really interested in it. And then I was a lawyer for a year and a half, got laid off from my first job, like everybody I started with got canned. And I read probably six or seven poker books that that month. Like I just I had right. been used to working so hard, so I was like, well, I was like I can't just sit on my couch and like watch TV. <laughs>
1: So I just, right. I just
2: kept reading and reading. I went to the Borgata Open, and I like I ran ungodly good. Or else they'd probably be wow. playing. I just remember I chopped like every single I played. I'm like, man, this is easy.
1: Yeah, no, it feels <laughs> that way in the beginning. Yeah. Were you like, were were you like even prior to that? Did you know that poker was like a more complex thing than your home game, and you were seeking um, out the knowledge, or you so just kind like, of were good naturally?
2: Like I, I've I'm really competitive. I played soccer I ran track at Rutgers and I've always been like super a, a big tomboy and like very competitive over everything so like once I found out it was something you could actually beat it wasn't luck and everything I, I tried getting better at it like I knew you could get better and that there was a lot to the game but in, in the beginning you don't even know how much you don't know like I, totally I was true. like every time I played I got better and I'm like wow at this rate I'm gonna be the best I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, just it's... like learning hot odds and stuff I was like whoa this is so crazy um,
1: it really and, is one of those like, things where like you realize you know Less like the more you learn, the realize the, like the less you know.
2: Now like I feel need. like an idiot. Like I, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I talk about poker with people who are just like so yeah. much better than me. Um, like I have friends who I'm lucky enough to to be friends with because they're so good and they'll like talk to me just because I'm their friend. And I'll be talking through a hand and they give me like 15 things I didn't think of and I'm like, wow, I still have a long way to go. Like there's yeah. no stopping learning this game. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's uh, that's kind of the fun part about getting to be a part of tp is that you get to watch people go through that realization process and also continue to get better and better over a long period of time Awesome!
2: i love i like i've just started again i was a little lazy for a little while but i've started coaching one-on-one again um, a couple people and it's really satisfying because most of the people who want coaching like they they're like okay i've looked at all the resources on my own and now I want like someone to look at my game and go through my leaks and it's like so much fun to do and it's cool when someone realizes this big leak that's costing them so much money and you just tell them one thing. I'm like, Oh, like a guy the other day, I was like, why are you C-betting like 60% pot all the time? He's like, well, in cash, like we're 200 big blinds deep and I have to see bet and protect your hand. I'm like, yeah, but this is a tournament and you have 25 big blinds. And he's like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> and it was just like so weird. I'm like, wow, you're going you're gonna to make like so much more money every year from this one tiny thing. Yeah, that's neat.
0: You eventually end up leaving the law practice right like what led you to kind of decide oh I'm gonna take this so seriously
2: amazing timing I left my legal career behind one week before black friday
0: <laughs>
3: Oh <laughs> no.
2: um yeah it was nuts because I was doing really well I had like a 40k month on full till it was big for me like I was uh, on all my own action and like playing not that big but just having a lot of success running really great obviously um and I'm like wow I actually have like I was like I have enough of the bankroll saved up now to like comfortably leave my job and yeah and just continue playing online, same stakes, same whatever. And then Black Friday happened, and I'm like, well, I wish I knew that was coming. (laughs)
3: Um,
2: But I don't know. I'm proud of the the... country. Like, I I moved to Mexico for a year and a half, um, probably about a year after Black Friday. I finally made the move. And it was great. Like, living – I lived really cheaply in Rosarito Beach and grinded a lot, improved my game a lot, met some cool people. Like, so no regrets, really.
0: That's cool. And did you do the whole, like – Living in a condo or a house with ten other poker players and
2: no, because all you guys are so messy. <laughs> like is, I, I don't want to be like the house mom. I've done that before in the summer. Like I'm like, hey, yeah. okay, I'll live with a few of my friends. This will be kind of fun, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, everyone else is like a like a much higher tolerance for like garbage and dirt and stuff because they're guys. They're like, <laughs> oh, it's a frat house, no big deal. I'm like, no, like this is not going to fly. So. I, I'm i now, like, the last time I was in Mexico, I was living with two people who were, like, neater than me. Um, and that was cool. It was, like, I just don't – like, you guys do this to us all the time, though. I, this is a caution to any girls listening. Do not live in, like, a frat house-style place. In the- don't get in. You're going to be doing all everyone's laundry and stuff. What?
0: Well, and not just the girls, because that's what I do every single day. <laughs> yeah, I was just
1: going to say. That's what it's like at our TV I, I'm the house. One,
0: yeah, I'm the one washing the dishes <laughs> and awesome. doing
1: Casey's laundry. and. <laughs> There's got to be one in every uh, house, otherwise yep. nobody yeah, does. And it's always
2: the person with the lowest threshold for gross.
1: Yeah, well that's what it is. It's it's a game of chicken. It, it's yeah. it's it's just a game of chicken. Who's gonna who's gonna <laughs> break down and
2: finally clean
1: the sink because yeah. you can't yeah. fit anything else yeah, in it.
2: The two people I was in Rosarito recently were way neater than me. Like I couldn't believe it. I was starting to feel guilty. I'm like they're the ones that are breaking. There's like there's garbage up to the top. We need to take this out. I'm like it's only up to the top.
1: <laughs> and it's amazing how quickly it goes from
2: woohoo we're all together it's gonna
1: to be the most awesome thing having roommates to like i gotta live on my own yep. I, can't. <laughs> I can't it goes yeah, like from you're like here. i
2: hope i go broke so i can go home yeah.
0: yeah so while we're on the topic um are you looking for a place to stay this summer because we could use somebody to clean oh. that house up for us <laughs> oh that's great so Mexico was good, right? I, I I mean, I know following you on Twitter and Facebook and stuff, it seemed like you were having an outstanding time.
2: I had a, a couple of, like, really fun runs. Like, uh, they were heartbreaking at the time, but, like, fun. in you know, looking back, like, I played the 5KW Coupe, which I don't even know if I should be playing that. I thought I was, like, probably even EV. So I was giving myself credit. The best players in the world play it. And I was yeah. basically... Uh, one, like I, I cashed for 26K or something like that, but I got into a flip that was worth like 125K in equity. <laughs> huge, uh-huh. huge, huge flip. Um, and one of my good friends who I saw with, Shane Schlager, um, Shane Yak on Stars, uh, ended up getting, I think, yet, third or fourth. And so that was, it was just such a cool experience, like to have this like, cool sweat at winning like almost two million bucks and then having one of my friends just basically fix his whole life. Like he was having money worries and lots of issues and stuff, and, like, it basically, like, fixed his life. I'm like, well, I'm glad I got into that tournament to, like, have a butterfly effect on him, at least.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you busted someone who would have busted him, so... Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, do, would, you so consider you your, would you consider yourself more of an online player or a live player at this point? Or is um, that an irrelevant there's, question there's at this
2: phases. point? Like, I mean... Right now like I'm I'm super lucky to have gotten the Party Poker sponsorship in New Jersey. So like I'm I'm grinding online whenever I can. Um but if I grind for like a week straight like the last last week was the NJ Cop like an online series in New Jersey which like it was 600k in guarantees. Like it was pretty big for just being one state. Um I I played online every single day and then now like this week I'm like kind of just want to go some people, let <laughs> like, right. us play. I don't want to play against avatars. I want to see some faces and stuff. I mean, when
1: um, oh, I go to, I see you at the Borgata all the time. Like I'm, I'm not a regular, right? I, I have a day job and I go like once or twice to a series. But you, you are a fixture at the Borgata at those at those yeah. series down there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, oh yeah, my friends will be like, "Oh, you're a Borgata reg." They say like it's yeah. a, one of the best casinos. You could be a reg at. Really I'm like, is. tell me a Taj reg, I might be a little.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, man. You just – the image of a Taj rag just yeah, – really, It's
2: the most withered
1: image it, in the yeah, world, yeah, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, cigarette 50 hanging. Fifty more years. Yes, exactly. Fifty more years,
0: you can be a Taj rag. <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I, I, I think it's funny because I've I've seen you like seven times at the Borgata, but like just really quickly between hands.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: hey, Jamie, I'm Diego from TPE. Nice to meet you. Okay. Yeah, and then we like That's run okay.
2: for our season and go play. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I don't really mill around that. I feel like when I go yeah. there, I'm like in my seat playing, and then I go yeah. home. So. That's right. That's right. I'm with you on that.
1: Nice. Which is smart. And
2: then maybe if we ever made a dinner break, we could go to dinner. you right. <laughs> That'd be unheard of.
1: <laughs> At the World Series so, this year. That's, that's Yeah, what we'll make it happen. Yeah.
0: So let's talk a little bit about uh, New Jersey poker or about U.S. online poker in general. Obviously very exciting to see some sort of movement on the front to regulate poker in the United States. And, and it must be really fun for you to sort of be a part of that movement at this point. Yeah,
2: I was so happy because I was always like uh, lurking in all those threads on two plus two where they're talking about PPA and they're talking about legislation. Cause I'm like, I'm still interested in some stuff having to do with law, even though I don't want to practice. Um, and it was really interesting to keep reading about all this stuff, like all these movements happening. And then all of a sudden I'm like, New Jersey keeps getting mentioned. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, please yeah, be yeah. New Jersey because I like, I missed my family. I was in Mexico. I was like, that was the one thing that made me kind of sad. as I was like, I am missing like my nephews growing up. I'm missing like just seeing everyone of my friends and stuff. Um, and so when New Jersey decided to regulate online poker, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I was so happy. Yeah. Um, and to get party poker back because that's where I played when I was in Michigan. When I was at law school, I'd always be reading my case law, and I would have like one sit and go open. <laughs> and and basically, if you like, it was at the year like what it must have been what 2006 or seven. Um. Yeah. And all you really had to do was like fold, and you'd get third place.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, it couldn't have been 2007. I think. Uh, oh,
2: 2000. The, oh, okay, yeah, 2004. I had to be pre- when I graduated uh, college. Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, I forgot. They got out of the
2: market. They got out of the market 2006, I think. Right. Yeah, late 2006. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I remember
3: those okay. days. See, that's
0: actually kind of cool because I I missed the party poker days. Like I didn't. I wasn't playing poker then. So. To me, it's like Party Poker is like a brand-new site that just all of a sudden now exists <laughs> in New Jersey for some reason. Have you gotten
2: to play on it yet?
0: No, I haven't. Okay. Um, I went out to Vegas and played on one of the Nevada-based sites okay. Old uh, at one point. Yeah, but, uh, yeah WSOP.com. Okay. Um, but I haven't been able to – actually, I don't even know if – I'm trying to think if I've been to New Jersey since they regulated. I don't, I don't think you have. Yeah, I don't I'm think so either. I make you
2: here for one of the big Borgata series because that's what yeah. I got a lot of my friends to sign up last week um, because they're here for like the 15K and they're here for yeah. uh, the 2700 and some WPT events. You know, um, we always
1: do like a TP thing. thing. We we always do the TP thing around the World Series circuit, but I, honestly, I think in in Atlantic City. But honestly, I think we should move that to more of a Borgata series. They're just they're bigger at this point. Yeah, you know, the, the it's
2: circuits. a nicer place to hang out than it going to Las or something, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, I'm totally – I have images of the party poker tables burned in my head right
2: now. In those days <laughs> <laughs> it used to be so great, too. Do you remember the one that was like, don't have anyone to play with? And they show a guy like blowing up a, a blow up doll and her, <laughs> and they're like, party poker. <laughs> all
1: right. I have I have an old school party poker uh, memory. Do you rem- I, I don't know what if were you playing tournaments or just sit and goes back then?
2: I was just playing sit and I was, I was uh, one tabling sit and goes. I it didn't even occur to me to play more than one. That's how bad it was.
1: <laughs> they had a bug in their software when you were all in during a rebuy, you could you could double rebuy again. So okay. so every time you jammed in a rebuy, you could double rebuy. And then yeah. they ha- they had like a dollar rebuy. So it was insanity. Like you would Oh yeah,
2: everyone's trying to lose their chips so that they That's can right. Just, <laughs>
1: well, you, all you have to do is just go all in and you could double yeah. rebuy. And so everyone Oh,
0: so then you might win
1: Then you too, might win right? too. Right. So it was it was uh, insanity. That was a fun that was a fun bug. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: pretty great. I wish they'd bring that one back. I'd be just I- going
1: yeah. I don't even know how, like, I would play that and be, like, 3,000 people, and, like, I had no idea what I was doing, and I'd get, like, 12th place, like, like <laughs> and, and, and one time I got 8th place, and, like, I couldn't, like, that was the first time I had the pain of a final table yeah. <laughs> and finishing 8th oh. of that big of a field had a little
2: secret. Nobody knew what they were doing. No <laughs> one knew what they were
1: doing. Oh, I wish we could just transport back and... <laughs> and
2: exactly. Like, I wish I was a harder worker when nobody else was working hard at poker. Because I, if I had known that it was, like, such a profitable thing, like, I feel like yeah. there were a few people who really knew what exactly that they were doing, and they yeah. probably yeah. made... Couple million bucks in the first few yeah. years.
1: Yeah, yeah. But is it a matter of hard work, or is it a matter of the institutional knowledge wasn't really there yet? It was just a couple of people figured it
2: out. Because yeah, it's like, look, the you basically graduate from your home game to whatever you know your level of knowledge. I was basically in, in law school. I got a lot better because I had one or two friends that were in that in the game with me who were like mathematical smart or whatever. And we'd actually talk about some things. Like we were starting to learn like pot odds and different like reasons behind playing hands a certain way. But obviously, like you don't have to. 2 plus two form you don't have tournament poker yep. you don't have people like hand history converting for you and, and being like let's play this one out like there was none right. of that
0: but none of like
2: all right. it would take was a few like smart people who are interested in learning and and i feel like you could really have crushed like a few I'm five years ago
1: well that was even true if you were on two plus two like i'd say seven or eight years ago like when anski wrote his post on restealing. i don't know if you recall that but like that like there was a post where anski wrote like the, you know why stealing? Yeah. And that was like the first time I, I heard about re-stealing. It was like 2006 <laughs> or so, and like that, you you put that into your play and for like seven months, yep. like you crushed everyone. <laughs>
2: even sea betting, not even yeah. kidding. Like sea betting was like a revolutionary right. thing at one point. They're like, That's but right. you didn't hit anything. You're gonna bet. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs>
0: I have the same. I had the same sort of experience with um, Sean Deeb's Guide to 180s. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, that post on 2plus2 two two That's right. changed my life. And then everybody read it, and then it didn't work anymore. Like,
2: can you – I mean, now it's like people share knowledge with each other. Like, I still have – I mean, if I came up with, like, this groundbreaking thing, I might tell it to the people who I coach and to my friends. I'm not going to put it yeah. on something where 2,000 people are going to read it. Yeah. It's it's too
1: competitive that's how it now,
2: was yeah. back in the day. 2plus2 yeah. was smaller. It was, like, a tiny community of friends who know each other, really.
1: Right. Well, now, I don't know yeah. if you remember Bond 18 – uh, he wrote his post on things I've learned. I don't know if you remember those, but there were like yeah. eighteen, eighteen posts, and like his first seven were, they weren't like I don't think he he didn't invent the stuff in there, but he really categorized and collected the mm-hmm. no, the knowledge well, and he put that out there, and that really helped me and a lot of people. Just like I remember having his stack size. Um, guidelines open during uh-huh. tournaments. <laughs> and
2: yeah.
1: it's like, okay, I have th- 38 big blinds now. What is well, the you,
2: standard stuff? Can you imagine that? if um, nobody like started circulating Nash shoving ranges? Right. If, if oh, that man. was something yeah. you had that nobody else had, oh, um, my God, how right. much of an edge you'd have? You'd look like an idiot because you'd be shoving like queen six from the small blind with like nine big blinds, people would be like, that's not plus EV. And you'd be like, yes, it is. I got <laughs> yeah, my yeah. first start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, but you would have it and no one else would. That would be such yeah, an amazing yeah. thing. And there has to still be, like, in some smaller way. Like, I don't think there's going to be, like, this groundbreaking tool that we don't know about. But, like, there has to be in some small way these, like, little edges that people are starting to have, like, that they yeah. keep to themselves. Because I think, I mean, not to be selfish, but you don't want to teach people how to beat you. So if you find some – if you yeah. spend the time, like um, – Evolving your game so that you learn something new, like maybe right, share right. it with your one your little circle that shares all the stuff with each other. But like, I, I'm not gonna be posting it on two plus two.
1: Well, I, I think yeah. I think that the community recognizes how how um, how much of an edge there was at one time and how much has gone away. Mm-hmm. So they're not willing to share it yeah. like they, they you know be collaborative like they were. Okay. But I you know if you think about it, it's just about not, I'm not, I don't want to use the word countering the common plays because that's not necessarily profitable. But finding ways to finding finding profitable ways profitable ways to play against what everyone's doing
3: mm-hmm. is
1: really where you'll find your edge. And if everyone is doing Nash equilibrium, or I mean, I guess it's hard to be Nash <laughs> equilibrium, but you know, yeah. if everyone is c betting, you know, or everyone is re-stealing, it, that is now what the norm is, just like the norm used to be not to see bet and and, right. and not to restate. So now, you like, just... you
2: have your delayed C-betting. There's ways to count. Like, it's just always... That's, that's right. so cool, that was like, once right. something becomes, like, somewhat solved, then people react to it, and then all right. of a sudden, it's not the best play anymore, and now you have to figure that's out right. a way. Um, and I think, I mean, that's what TP is good for, though. Like, you go through the forums and stuff, and, like, people come up with ideas, and they ask about hand histories, like the ones that we were talking about, and it's like you know decide to run these crazy bluffs like finding any way to get an edge and like it it's like this like there are still ways to win win at poker like i'm sick of these essays about poker's dead blah 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 i'm like you're the one's killing it
1: yeah. so not <laughs> to
2: play cuz it's dead like what do you do right
1: right yeah. that, that's absolutely right well i think about it so there was no seabedding. betting then there was seabedding.
2: betting now mm-hmm.
1: that then, be, then there was floating right the, yeah. <laughs> then it's like now now the play is out on the river and so, like you know, it, the, just, the
2: river. Yeah. That's right. So
1: it just keeps evolving, and you <laughs> just have to kind of keep up with it and figure out where it is now, and figure out what the edges for that particular movement, and, yep. and yep. keep going from there. So that, I know, mean, and that's stuff. what I love about it.
2: Knitting is always in style. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, that was it too. Thank you.
1: Preach it. Yeah, uh, you just made KB's day, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: preflop race sizing is the perfect example, right? Like, it used to be 3x. Everything was 3x. Then it was 2.5. Then it was 2. Now everybody's going like the other extreme. Like now it's like all the all these like sickles are 4.5x and it's like what? Are we going back? I mean, yeah. this
2: is something I guess I should I could say it because it's not like people wouldn't notice if I did it live anyway, but that was something where I'm like I'm making a conscious effort to vary my race sizing based on position because it doesn't make sense. Like why would I ever 2X under the gun and 2X from the button. I'm like, right. your play is like vastly different from those two spots. I'm like, why not 3X under the gun, 2.5X right. middle position, and min-raise the button when you want the blinds to play against you out of position. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's a very good point. So speaking of uh, competition and the play and all that good stuff, how are you finding things... Uh, you know, grinding the Jersey sites for party poker in particular, you know, uh, it's great.
2: Uh, it is what we're talking yeah. about now. When we were talking about party poker, like missing it and wishing we were around for like when it was so easy. This to some extent is like that. Cause there's people playing for fun. And yeah. I felt yeah. like when I was playing on stars a lot, um, you have to go to really low limits to have people playing for fun. it's um, mm-hmm. like around maybe like six or seven at night. I just see all these screen names that aren't regs. They don't play during the day. They don't really like grind super hard. Um they'll be sitting at one two cash games and they'll be in the bigger tournaments and stuff. So they're definitely it it is a much softer field than the international sites. And I'm thinking yeah. like when it starts linking, like they have their eye on Pennsylvania, there's been rumors about California, like it's all it's all rumors right now, but right. I just think that'd be amazing if we could link up these like huge field uh huge like recreational playing fields. Yeah, yeah. Um, because right now like they're already getting they they uh, came very close to meeting the two hundred K guarantee wow. in one state last Sunday. They're only off at like thirty K and they crushed all the other guarantees, which like I was pretty shocked about and wow. we're literally just this one state. So I'm like we get California, Pennsylvania, like link with Nevada is like a smaller market. Um I just think it'll be much more profitable than international sites are for the like average not even like I'm like I'm not, you know, a crusher or whatever. I'm like i consider myself a good player but I'm not like, you know, uh, like top 0.001% in the world in, in tournament player and cash games, and I'm doing fine. So it's like you take just you know decent regs are going to be yeah. able to clean up um, yeah. if, if this goes more widespread.
1: Do you think that the sites are going to make it harder for regs to clean up, or are they going to allow? I mean, I don't know if you I don't know if you're qualified to answer this question. You uh, thought about it at all, yeah, but, but, but
2: like it's funny because whenever we like suggest stuff, like basically party's really great. Like when they hired me, um, like I'm part sort of a pro but like sort of consulting a little like they list like it's nice to have them like be like we're gonna have this kind of tournament what do you think of it and then they'll make adjustments but I'm like this is the worst idea ever you know they'll they're actually great with like having it be a two-way street of communication um and there were certain things that happened that I was just like, oh, this is really going to, like, kill the fish real fast or, like, kill the recreational players real fast. And they're like, okay, what can we do? There, there are certain things. Like, there, um, they had the lobby set up so that, like, bum hunting wasn't possible. Like, you can't just write a script that's going to put you to the left of the first player every time you sit. Mm-hmm. Stars mm-hmm. has that. Like, people can do right, that. Right, um, right. So there are like there are things in place. Plus, they pay, rather than paying 10% of the field, um, in most tournaments they're playing, like, 16% of the field, 17% right, of the field, yeah. so that you get people who, like – who basically, like, they'd get cleaned out really fast with a 10% payout structure, yeah. but they're going to find some success early, like playing, continue playing, and, like, yeah, maybe yeah. overall in the course of a year they're going to be slightly losing, but they're not going to, like, have some horrible experience the first time right. they online where they deposit and they lose, deposit and they lose. Right,
1: it's entertainment costs for them. I mean, you know, right. if if you lose, you know, a couple hundred bucks over the course of the year, who cares, they'll keep coming back.
2: Right. Yeah, they lose exactly. it every
1: month. They're not gonna they're get.
2: Gonna... And they're going to like playing poker, and they're going to keep coming back. And where some regs are like, well, I'd rather it be 10% of the field. I'm like, that's short-sighted, yeah, though. It's like, totally short-sighted. I like that, too, because in this year I'd make more money, but then next yeah. year I might not have a job anymore.
1: That, that, right. that Actually, that position really irritates me, and I get into debate, debates about that all the time. I, it it, it just drives It's so short-sighted. You have mm-hmm. to think of the long-term health of the ecosystem.
2: Yeah, you're telling poker players who, like, haven't even thought of a backup plan for living their life to, to not be short-sighted. It's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. You're right. I mean, it, and a lot of them are really young, and they're just kind of, you know, yeah, they not Yeah, it's not even their realize...
2: sure fault. It's like if you don't have experience where, like, I don't know, if you don't have a lot of life experience and, like, you're looking at your bottom line this year, you're like, obviously, right. I'd right. like to make 100 k not 70 k Like, that's right. that's what you're looking at. And, you know, they don't have a ton of life experience. Some of them are, like, 21 and they're crushing the game. Like, they're not supposed to know better yet, and that's okay. But it's, like, a lot of them, like, will harass, you know. Like, there'll be messages on 2 Plus 2 about, like, oh, party's the worst. They're paying 17%. I'm like, like, man, you're complaining about the wrong thing. Like, there are actual complaints that should be said, but, like, that's not one of them. That's right. I
1: agree 100%.
0: And have you found that there's a fair number of people who've made the move to New Jersey to play, you know, online poker professionally, like friends of yours.
2: there is. Like, there's a lot of people who commute in from New York City and Philly. um, And also, we get a lot of people who, if they're coming in for a tournament, a live tournament, or they're coming in to, like, visit or do anything in New Jersey, um, they'll hop online, which is kind of cool because it's like we'll have these, like a random influx of uh, new players every once in a while. Yeah. The summer, we'll actually, a lot of the pros are going to leave. Like, I'm going to be in Vegas for at least, like, a month or two. And a lot of, like, a lot of people vacationing here probably will be able to clean up because, like, none of the, like... Real serious players are going to be around.
1: That's right. Well, it was like that pre, you know, pre-DOJ, right? like pre DOJ, right? Pre Black Friday, it, it was. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, wait, it was like that post. I don't even know what I'm saying. It was like that pre. <laughs> I re- okay. I, let me restate that. I recall during <laughs> the World okay. Series, it was a lot easier um, online for some oh, reason. Yeah. It, it just was a lot easier online to, during that the World is- Series because no, they yeah. were they were busy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't see the, the same names all the time. That's right.
2: That's it's right. like that, too. If you play live, like, if you guys don't, like, I know you guys go to the World Series for a little bit, but if you have time to go to Borgata, the Open in the summer, when everybody else is at the World Series, right. like, I feel like everyone I know just ends up, like, any of the people who hung back just win.
3: yeah Yeah. right (laughs)
2: because i'm looking at thinking like what is the field is the field just like the hundred dollar daily people and then like two pros that stayed home i'm like that's amazing
1: (laughs) that's right Right. that's right and if you're here to make money it might might be worth considering
2: like i'm such a bracelet hunting idiot Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it probably would be smart it is amazing how many especially international pros who i talk to when i you know like well sarah you're coming to vegas for the world Series, like no way! <laughs> They're
2: like no way! They probably make like a hundred k in the summer.
0: Right? Yeah. It's like, and, and you know, a lot of them have like worse tax laws and stuff, yep. so they get. You know, Even if they do bank, they get screwed really hard on tax. So they like, I'll just stay well, here I and mean, grind while all the good players are in Vegas.
1: Live poker has exploded everywhere, so they don't necessarily need to come to Vegas to get their fix of live poker. They can eat pizza or whatever. You know, yeah, literally. it's
2: just like the WSOP did a decent job of uh, the bracelet and like branding themselves so that the bracelet becomes this very important thing. Even though now it's like it's so diluted. like They give out fifty five bracelets a year. And it doesn't seem to mean as much, but it's still, for whatever reason, like I would be, I'd probably cry my eyes, at, eyes out if I won a bracelet. So like they're doing yeah. the right thing, you know, like yeah. they've assigned enough significance to it that people will go out of their way to chase it. Um, yeah. and true. like, you know what, WPT is like definitely doing the same, like that giant trophy. I'm like, yeah, I would like my name on that. It's yep. sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a huge, like they're, they're doing a great job of branding and like, Oh, that's one thing. Um, one of my friends, do you know, Chris Torina of the deep stacks poker tour.
0: I know the name. I think I follow him on Twitter. Okay,
2: uh, so he's been my friend for a while, and like he was doing, he'd offered me like um like a part time sponsorship thing where I would like promote their events whenever there was a local event like Mohegan or some, something near here. Um, I'd go and like promote it on Twitter. I do all this stuff, and I was kind of that was the one thing I was sad about when when Party hired me. I was like, well, I can't do this anymore. I was like, I can't like I can't wear a different patch. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I really enjoyed working with you guys because their their crew is awesome. So I just found out that they partnered with WPT to have like a mid stakes poker tour right. and WPT are partners. So I'm like, Oh my God, I can like hang out with them again.
1: Yeah. I just saw that. That's actually really exciting. That's gonna for be
2: huge. They, yeah. They're they yeah. all over the place. It's international. I'm yeah. sure a lot of the stops will be in the U S but they're like, he already had expanded their tour like all over the place. And then WPT nationals are taking place in like every fun city in the world. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's going to be pretty cool. And it's like, and most of the buy-ins I think they're going to be $1,100. So it's like kind of reasonable for local players, which I think is totally. great Pros who want to take a shot at some of these events because yeah. you'll get some All easier right. fields.
0: That's really smart. I mean, you look at the success of this World Series Poker Circuit. You know, you, you go to some place like St. Louis or North Carolina, mm-hmm. for example, and you offer some like $500 buy-in events, 365s, whatever. People are just flocking to them, which is insane because
2: yeah. they pick the most boring cities. Like this thing, <laughs> like I'm chasing that national championship seat. I think I I need like a seventh place finish or something in New Orleans. I didn't chase it that hard. I went to two stops. Um, wow. and I just got lucky in like being some final tables and stuff. And so then I dragged myself out to St. Louis. Like, I had no interest in actually going there. And I'm sure the city is fine, but the casino was awful. It was like, right. yeah. they moved slot machines out of the middle of the casino. They didn't have lighting. Like, I'm literally like, all my cards were like, I was like, oh, I have the black <laughs> Ace of Hearts. Um, <laughs> like, you can't see anything and it's smoky and loud. And like, that was their stuff. And they still drew decent numbers. Like, yeah. the, the circuit, like people just love the points chasing, the leaderboards, and like the glory of it. And I can't yeah, blame yeah. them. I'm the same way. Yeah.
1: yeah. How many How many tournaments are at a stop? Like how many How many shots do you have at getting that championship? I think
2: I have season? like twelve stops, uh, 12, 12 tournaments at wow. New Orleans. So it's going to be close. Like I've, I, you know, this is such a brag post. I came. I'm going to say it anyway. But uh, <laughs> I haven't been to a stop in a, a long time where I haven't made a final table. But okay. I pretty much just jinxed myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well done. Good game. Um, so we'll see. Like I, I mean, it'll be close. I think I probably, if I had to like put, if I was like betting on it, I would say I have like a seventy percent chance of getting it. Right. Um, awesome. But like, which is cool, except that the thirty percent where you miss out on a yeah. ten k, not cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Is it? Um. Do you play? Mixed games, or are they just no limit?
2: I play, uh, well, this one doesn't have an 08 or a PLO uh, ring event, so only the ring events count for points. But, yeah, that's actually the best chance you have is, like, yeah. final tabling a little 80-person O eight yeah. event. I think New Orleans has pretty big fields, so, like, it's going to be a little bit tough. Um, but I just plan to luck box it like I usually do.
0: <laughs> Good luck. Always the best yeah. strategy. <laughs> That's great. So speaking of uh, live poker, you obviously sort of balance your time a little bit between online and live, right? So, um, you know, what bit of advice would you give to people? And you actually wrote an article about this a while back for TPE. Like, what's the best advice you'd give somebody who's sort of making the transition from live or from online to live? Um,
2: From online to live at this point, I would just say that like live, like, Look at people's faces. They have so much information right in front of you. Like, a lot of people become, like, when I was reading some of the hand histories online, I'm like, wow, I don't know how some people could transition from when they're, like, they have all of their tools in front of them and all of the, like, pot odds and this and, like, uh, his range includes this and I poker stoved it and whatever. Like, it takes a while. Like, don't expect, if you're crushing online, don't expect to immediately play live and just be killing everyone because it takes a really long time to realize you don't have all those tools in front of you. It's a completely different game. Um, and then when someone like when you're like man I can't fold my hand because this guy can only have one hand like only one hand beats me and you're looking at like a hundred fifty year old man you know like and he four you and you're looking at your king you're like well how can I fold only only one hand beats me I'm like this man does not ever not have aces
3: yeah like, right. things like
2: that where you're just like you you have to stop thinking about math and percentages and whatever and actually just like play human players because there's a right. lot of information that like you'll you'll have to take into account that you don't usually have.
0: Yeah, and remind yourself that you can't just reg another ten tournaments yeah, that like, day. <laughs> and
2: that's always rough during WSOP. I, I used to transition right from scoop and go to WSOP, um, and it was brutal because I'd just be like, I'm I've been a robot for ten days or whatever, playing you know fifteen screens, sixteen screens, and like always something huge is coming up. It's like you bust, you're like, okay, getting over it. Fire up the next right. one, whatever. Um, and then you come to this like one live event, and you have to kind of forget that variance exists or you'll go insane. Like you can't even, like if I really thought about it, if I sat down before the WSOP and was like, all right, well I just played like 600 tournaments last month. um, And you know, and like, I understand that variance is whatever this month. I'm going to play 20, but I'm going to play it for like 10 (laughs) times the amount of my normal average buy-in and what happens? Like what, you have to be insane. (laughs) You really do. You have to either not understand math and variance or be totally insane or be able to like, Suspend this knowledge that you have and play anyway. That's kind of what you have to do if you really want to do well in the summer. Besides, win every flip.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I'm still working on that part. Yeah, me
2: too. That's why I'm not rich yet.
0: So plans for the summer? Uh, you mentioned scoop and you mentioned the WSOP. What what do yeah, you have coming actually, up?
2: Actually, I I am sitting this scoop out, which is weird. Um, but I it's during New Orleans, and I actually got like massacred during scoop last year. Like I had my hold-up manager, which shows you your like EV graph and your actual your actual winnings, and it couldn't have been a worse week for me, like run bad wise. And I was like, this is a bad time when your average buying goes up by five times. And your, like, win rate is just – I got crushed. So I was like, you know what? I'm not that sad that I'm going to be in New Orleans for that, and I'm going to miss out on losing 30 k There you Uh, go. Yeah. (laughs) And for the World Series, I'm going to play pretty much everything, though. I'm playing all the 1Ks and 1500s, a couple of the uh, 6-maxes that are a little more expensive, and I think I'm going to do the 08, 1500 also, even though I might play, like, three tournaments of those a year. So we'll see. (laughs)
0: And I I feel like I would occasionally see you uh, playing some of the events at other casinos and stuff. Any plans to do that this year or are you just going to uh, well, grind the Rio? Well, it's
2: kind of sad because I I used to really, really love Venetian, but I can't bring myself to go there anymore. I'm, I've boycotted it for the last year because of Sheldon Adelson and all the crap about, like, the anti-internet poker and, like, I don't know. I was like, that guy basically yeah. thinks I'm I'm a fugitive, so I'm not going to go spend money in his casino. Um, But Party and WPT just got a huge event at ARIA. It's July 1st to the 7th, I think. It's right right before before the main event. So $1 million guarantee for $500, and they have like six starting dates. So I think that'll be fun. Like I love that casino is probably my favorite one. I actually like the Rio, but only for like sentimental reasons, like the runs I've had there and stuff. But ARIA has like the best food, the best poker room, and it's just like a nice place to play. So pretty excited that that's who they partnered with.
0: Yeah, I just saw that Aria event. I had originally um, marked the win event, which I think is like a 250k guarantee. I'd marked it on my schedule. I'm like, well, that looks like a great sort of alternative to the main or whatever. And then I saw that Aria event. I was just like,
2: scratch off the win,
0: (laughs) going to Aria because that is you're gonna gonna
2: have people like if you're planning to go there and play only like one or two bullets, it's gonna be just such like a huge prize pool for a small investment because yeah. you can carry your biggest stack forward so you're gonna have people who go there and like just buy in five times like they might bag chips and then just not be happy with it forfeit them yeah. and bag more chips um, right. it's just gonna be a really huge prize pool with like it's almost like added money when people do that
0: yeah that's gonna be a lot of fun we'll have to um, maybe try to get you on one of our TP live podcasts like right around the time of that event so you can uh, push that a little bit more there too because I think I think that is a great value for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, especially for our members, you know, who maybe don't necessarily, you know, a lot of them don't have the bankroll to go play the main event or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that kind of an event, they can kind of, you know, maybe sell a piece or get a little backing or whatever. And that kind of an event they can easily get into. That's yeah, the we- event,
2: and it's right before the main, so it's like you can use it as a satellite. If you end up banking that and you have like, I don't know, say you end up winning like 50K in the event. It's like, well, you can play like day one B or something with the main.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. go right into it. Right into it. Yeah, we usually corner you for getting onto TP live right after you have a bad beat to bust out of a turn. That's usually how it works. So oh, wow. they're usually really fun and positive uh, My sessions. Worst
2: that is, like, that's what <laughs> anyone want? Like you'll be walking out with like so sullen with like the worst expression ever, and someone's like, "Hey, so I had this hand history I wanted to ask you about." <laughs> I'm a jerk because like I feel like that's the time. I'm like, how do people not have the, like the live reads? Yeah going yeah. or this girl does not want to talk right now
0: yeah yeah <laughs>
2: it,
0: it, that that's how like, actually you joke but that's actually a pretty good way to test your live reads because all you have to do is walk from the parking lot of the rio to the rio lobby and you'll see the people who are busted out <laughs> who are an incredibly but and then there'll be the occasional person who maybe just dropped a friend off yeah or they're or... like on
2: dinner break yeah i can tell like i'm not i won't even time it but i'll just like go and i'll be like oh like this is clearly people walking in on dinner break this is not that's right. busted. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, the 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 tough ones are always the ones where you're coming. Like you might be coming and like, maybe you're registering an hour late or whatever, yeah. and you see the guy coming out. It's like, oh, he busted yeah, level one.
2: Yeah, <laughs> really like I'm glad I went for coffee this morning instead of being this guy.
1: That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's right. <laughs> I could be out right now. That's, yep. Yeah, that's the way to think about it. <laughs>
0: That's great. So, what what are your plans in terms of like Are you staying with a bunch of friends out in Vegas? You know, the You're doing last, the hotel life?
2: The last two years, I did the hotel life thing, and I was actually okay with that. I'm staying at Rio for at least most of it, um, and can get like pretty good rates there. And I have a couple of friends who have houses; like, they live there full time. So Fridays and Saturdays, when it, when they're trying to charge you like a billion dollars, uh, I have a place to to stay.
3: Oh, that's uh, good. That's good. I
2: actually have a couple of friends. I should plug their little businesses this summer because they're healthy. Like I, one of my friends, uh, Pete Mavro, does physical training. He he's a he's he's like basically a former poker player now. Not because he wasn't good enough, but because he just had enough. Um, so he stopped playing for the most part. Um, but he does like personal training. He's going to be like super busy this summer with poker players. You have that like beginning of WSOP resolve.
3: <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And
2: my friend Lauren Keppel um, is doing like snack delivery for like gluten free, um, like pro- high protein, uh, like dietary needs and stuff. So she's doing that. Like I think it's fifteen bucks a day to get like snacks hand delivered to you all day. Um,
1: that's, that's that seems like a good deal. What, what are their? Um, do they have like sites we could I'm
2: happy to um, promote it? Keppel L on, at at Keppel L at K E P P L E L. And he's on Facebook. It's Pete Mavro. It's just M A V R O. He does personal training. And they're too. Like I'm, I'm hitting them up all summer. I was like, I'm definitely like, it's such a huge thing. It's like a small amount of money to commit to be like happy and healthy at the end of the summer yeah. when everybody else is like, mm-hmm. the the main roles around. Most people look just absolutely ragged. You look terrible. Um, yeah, and yeah. it's like to not feel bad after two months of living in Vegas is like worth whatever money it takes.
0: Yeah. The, the snacks thing seems genius. I mean, I'm not even healthy or <laughs> gluten free, but I think I'd pay fifteen dollars just to have any kind of snacks. Right. Just know like, why
2: you're gonna spend fifteen dollars just to uh yeah. just to eat at the the freaking poker kitchen. You don't even get anything good. Yeah. No. So. Yeah.
0: And I'm actually not big on like eating a big dinner or anything during the tournament, so I usually end up just snacking. Like, you know, I'll get like some crackers or i'll you know nice so um anything else that we need to go over in terms of what you got going on live online and stuff before we jump into a little strat i'm
2: in, I'm in the money of the 10k right now what's up <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> i'm still in too so i last longer Still. oh my god I
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can't even get away from poker for, for a podcast i can't
2: i'm the worst like i i was I've had this pointed out to me by people who've dated me, those poor souls, um, that I can't ever just do one thing. Like yeah. There always has to be two things. Like I'm like, I will always have a table of poker up while I'm doing laundry and cleaning my room or talking on the phone or whatever. I'm like, I just can't be doing one thing. Bad. There's
1: there's mental downtime in, in those, yeah. those tasks, right? So it can be filled by other things. I understand yeah. it. It makes perfect sense. I'm guilty of that, especially yeah. if, it, I mean, if I'm going to
0: be at my computer anyway. Mm-hmm. So if it's like, oh, I have to... I don't know. Write this blog. That's right. I have to do some work or answer yeah. emails. It's like, well I'm sitting here at my computer. Yeah. I have two huge monitors. Yeah. I,
2: How could you not grind?
0: Yeah. <laughs> All this wasted real estate on my monitors,
2: yep. I
1: gotta put something yeah. there. Yeah. Eight tables. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. It expands to eight tables once you start. Yeah. That. That's it's my
2: problem weird. is I never stop regging. I'm just like, Oh, yeah. this looks fun, this looks fun. <laughs>
1: it oh, it just looks great. Like the the poker the the words that describe a tournament on in a client look fantastic to me
2: oh yeah <laughs> like they're a double stack <laughs> yeah they're like that sounds great two times the stack <laughs> yeah right
1: right right well or do you see like like the letters a k in real life and like get a little bit excited because i do like if yeah. i see it on like a sign like an a and a k together yeah like, you look ah. at
2: it like oh like a license plate i'll be like oh eight, yeah i i'm like wow that's bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> Actually,
1: there's a thread in um, TP. You should actually check it out. There's a thread. Uh, I think we called it. You know, you're a poker player. If and
2: uh, it's all <laughs>
1: stuff like that. You know,
2: yep. really, Those really funny useful, things. Useful though. Like I think some of the time that like things like that seep in your brain. It's useful because you'll be like looking at a situation and you start determining like, oh, well, what's my life EV in this situation? Yeah. <laughs> like you start. I feel like poker players with like the the way it like morphs your brain into being a little more logical. Um, yep. It makes you start like considering like pro and con lists a lot, and like, oh, That's what's going to what? cost me in my my life UV?
1: Yep. What's the it? value of it? It's yeah. Risk reward, you know, like all those things. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Don't bring it into relationships. People don't like that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I like you, but life uv wise, it doesn't really make sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, let's uh, let's jump into a little strategy. Uh,
1: so, Diego, you want to take this first hand? Yeah. Which one do you want to do first? Eight. A- let's do the eight. Okay. So, um, this is a hand in the TPE forum. We'll post it in the uh, the thread for this um, podcast. It is by a member. His name is Hit Flush, and here's the context. It's the regular home game on Stars, which is generally TP members um, and MTT regs at mid-low micro stakes. So. I think that's definitely something to keep into account, right? The people he's playing against are people who are generally decent <coughs> at poker and interested in learning and getting better. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe experimenting with things or playing against other TP members. I mean, I remember when Derek and I Derek and I first started hanging out virtually, um we were part of like a group of mid-stakes <coughs> poker players and we would do like our own tournaments and those were always like crazy because everyone was trying to level each other and three and four and five betting and, mm-hmm. you know, because it was low stakes, but it was also against good players. so You could test stuff out. So there's mm-hmm. a little context there. And there's people.
2: all the bragging rights. That's how, that's that's how right. I started getting the most into it in law school because right. it just added another level of like competition. I was just like, oh, I want to be the best player in this game right. with like people I play with all the time. That's right.
1: That's right. So that, that might, I don't know if that plays here, but just keep that in the back of your mind. Okay. Um, Ten players in the game, so we start five-handed on two tables, and when we lose one player, we go to full ring. Um, he has a lot of hands on this player, one and a half, that 1.4K, hands on the villain. And he is playing over that hand, those hands, 22-16. Uh, total three bet is 6.3. Um, however, in the big blind, <coughs> I didn't even read this stuff the first time, so it's interesting. <laughs> however, in the big blind, his 3-bet is 9.5, so this is, this body is most likely the 3-bet according to, to the stats. Mm-hmm. Very early on in the game, starting stacks are 5k, so we're obviously very deep with the blinds at 1530 to the flow of the hand. Okay, so like I said, it is uh, six-handed. Our hero is in the, on the button. It, uh, it folds to him. And he raises it from 30 to 75. Uh, small blind folds, and the villain raises to 180. And our hero uh, raises back to 360. So first of all, let's stop there. Um, you know, you're in position. What is your you know typical four bet size? Are, are you, I mean, I'm assuming you're four betting in this deep, but maybe you're not. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on like his decision point here?
2: Um, my thing here, I said, uh, in my notes, I was thinking, I'm like, I either flat or four bet bigger. Um, the reason is because you're so deep that you don't want to, you want to do one of two things. You either want to conceal the strength of your hand, um, and let this person take control of the hand out of position because out of position, they're putting themselves into a a pretty bad spot and it'll be hard for them to be your pair of aces and they're going to have no idea what you have when you just flat um so i would either flat or i'd four bet bigger i think four betting small is a mistake um you're so deep here and you're basically announcing i have a very strong hand um and you're inviting them in for a flat and they can punish you when they can beat one pair basically
1: yeah i mean that that's that's exactly that's exactly why i stopped there to ask you that it it feels like a small um small raise and Mm -hmm. i don't know even with the context we gave early on like you know you could be potentially just you know doing this light um, I, I'm sure not too light but you could you, you could get away with a, a bit more here without revealing much more about your hand
2: yeah I think small the small four bet um, makes you look like you really want action it makes your hand right. look really strong you're not really inducing a five bet doing that right. because it just I would look at that and be like wow this guy's got a big hand um, right. so basically like I so yeah well as he played it um, you put yourself in a really weird spot with the board texture because when you're making this like mini four bet um, and the board comes out like that like what's the chance that you really that you really hit a big part of that board like it's not right. very big so then when you decide to see bet it too you're opening yourself up to a big check raise um, right, right. some of the time but it feels like you're it feels like the opponent in the situation hit it hard enough to not even check raise that was my opinion um, you know
1: what? let's let's uh let's let's finish the the the. Um, three three slot. Slot.
2: Yeah, okay. before i go ahead so then then
1: if you're so in this situation though Jamie what like what is your, what is a decent um what is a decent i guess this is a four at this point like what what would you be four here like is it would you be four betting Ace Jack here? You know, since he this guy you're in position in this hand mm-hmm. against someone who may be loosely three betting you. Like what? Like would you pl- be, be building a pot here or like I? I'm curious like what, how you would play. I don't, I don't your
2: hands. get too crazy like uh yeah, you know might. Really I think really early when you're that deep and you're in position. Um, and you have a playable hand. I'm not trying to four bet and blow the person off the hand. Yeah. Um, if they're going to be three betting me out of position a good amount of the time, and they want to play out of position versus me, and I think I'm pretty capable post flop. Um, a lot okay. of the time, I don't want to have this like raise war pre flop, and I'd I'd much rather just uh, just take like take a flop and play against this guy. Um, right. The other problem I had, just one thing about his his three betting uh, percentage was very high from the big blind. Um, I think that creates even a bigger problem for you to make a small four bet because. You can't really narrow his range down. Like, he's he's three betting a very wide range. When you basically four bet him small and bite him into the pot, um, post flop, you're not like, okay, well, his, you know, his three betting range is probably ace 10 plus whatever. His three betting range might be anything that he wants to see the flop with. Instead of flatting, this guy's obviously just raising, which is a pretty good strategy. But, um, So I think that's a problem when you're not going to be able to play perfectly against him because he can have such a wide range. You're you're opening yourself up to a a huge loss of aces. And I'm going to be the old guy here. I'd rather win a small one than lose a big (laughs) one.
1: But we generally agree that, you know, you don't want to build a big pot here. Even though you have position, it's just too early and it's not, you know, you're too deep to kind of build a a big pot um, with marginal hands.
2: You can think of it as... uh, Basically I'm, I'm pretty new to PLO. I've only been playing like one or two years and just a little bit. But you can think about it as as a like kind of give you a guideline in PLO like how much of your stack you need to get in to go with aces preflop. So like PLO say you have ace ace like 104 like with one suit. Um like it's not a mistake if I can four bet get in 35 or 40% of my stack with it, but it is a huge mistake if I three or four bet and get in 10% of my stack and basically everyone looks at me knowing I have two aces. Yeah. And that's kind of the situation here. Like, it's a huge right. mistake in PLO. and it's, it's a huge mistake here if you announce the strength of your hand, but you're now 150 big ones deep post-flop. Like, you right.
1: just that's, want to be yeah. in that
2: spot. That
1: makes um, perfect just,
2: sense. Yeah, you're just putting yourself at risk, and you're basically, like, daring someone to beat one pair.
1: Right, right. You're giving them the odds to beat. Okay, so so um, so okay, so the hero does raise to 360, and the villain just calls. So um, we have a pot of 735, and, and once again, they're about 5K deep to start. Um the, the hand, mm-hmm. and the flop is seven of clubs, six of diamonds, three of clubs. Uh, our hero has the ace of spades and the ace of diamonds.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, the villain checks, and it's to the hero. So Yeah, what, I just
2: check back do? this spot, because if I get check-raised, I'm going to have to fold my hand, which is still the best hand a good amount of the time, but like you're going to be up against a lot of big draws when you get check-raised. Um and i just don't think checking behinds that bad like give the person a chance to put you on ace king ace queen um mm-hmm. or like smaller one pair of hands or maybe like they they can put you on like such a wide range when you check back when you see that it really does look like you have it, it looks like you have aces kings queen something that was actually valuable and that's why your four bet was so small and like it kind of makes it so it's like you're you're giving them they still are only going to have to commit a very small amount um co- like of their stack um right, right, to see the turn, and there's just so many turn cards that are gonna kill you also, which we actually got one of them and still bet um well,
1: what do you think about protection here, like protecting your hand and not not protecting letting it... protecting your, your
2: hand run is, run. is like more of a concept when you're not hundred fifty big ones deep, like your hand is one pair. You know, like, you don't have to protect one pair when you're 150 big ones deep. That's, like, in, that's the biggest mistake tournament players make in cash games is they have that, like, hand protection mentality, but I'm like, you have 200 big blinds, you have 150 big blinds, and you're playing, and, like, you, all of a sudden, in your effort to, like, protect your hand, you're becoming a payoff wizard versus better hands. I love that. That's really insightful.
1: That's really insightful. That's a great way to put, put that. Okay. Yeah.
0: Checking back flops like this is something I used to never, ever do, and it's something that I'm doing a lot more now, based on some feedback from a few different people. And they basically talk about the exact same things you talked about. And and also the fact that because your hand looks so strong, like you just fold out it. It's the classic, you make everything that you beat fold and only get called by stuff stuff that either beats you or has a ton of equity. Yeah, like,
2: um, the guy who three bets from the big blind a lot, it's not like he necessarily has no hand. Like, he can have tens, jacks, queens, kings, like, and when you, uh, you kind of, like, play dead a little bit, so you four bet small pre, which was a little bit of a mistake, I think, but, like, you roll over and play dead, all of a sudden he's like, okay, you keep all his bluffs in his range, he could have totally whiffed the flop, or he could have a worse hand than yours and start betting a worse hand than yours for value, because he's like, okay, this person has King, I can yeah. start trying to get some money in here. When you well, see that, you kind of you kind of narrow the range to real hands. Um, you also open yourself up to uh, check raise bluffs, also, um, which it seems like someone who has a high three bet percentage from the blinds like can play the game and they have some idea and possibly know that this board texture doesn't hit you very hard when you four bet. Um, so you're giving the guy more opportunities to win the hand and more opportunities to get more chips from you if they do have the best hand. If they determine you have one pair and they could beat that.
1: So, so if we're if we're looking at hands that we think that you know we can get value from here, and like let's just consider hands like nines, tens, jacks, eights, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, is it is it realistic to expect we can get three streets, three streets of value here, or is it really think you know two streets and you know let it be the turn and the river so that you let him bluff his other hands and you. Yeah, like,
2: more, I'm not know. really, I think I'm not necessarily looking to get three streets of value yeah. out of a one pair hand with That's uh, right. big blinds. Yeah. Like, this early in the tournament, like, that would be pretty risky to do. You'd have to have someone's range narrowed down really, really, right. really narrowly. Like, if, if someone has, like, if they three bet from the big blind, like, none of the time. You know, like, sometimes live it's a lot easier to do because you'll just be like, this old person is not. And I keep picking on old people probably the same way that everyone picks on women <laughs> for always having like, <laughs> a really small range when they're three and um, so I take it back because there are some really really competent like very feisty older people and women um, But just in general say like the player you're playing against has shown themselves to be very tight um, and they three bet you small from the big blind and You can narrow their range down like you have aces right. and you're like their range is one pair Like big one pair of hands and like a you can play perfectly against that person You right. can go for three shoots of value um right, online right. against a competent player, it's really tricky and probably a little spewy to try to get three streets on a scary board with just one pair that deep.
1: Yeah, so and gonna that's what...
2: In, that, you're going to get put in often and lose your whole stack trying to protect one hand or trying to get value at one, one, one pair.
1: That, that's what I was getting at, and, I, and Andrew Brokis did a, a series on TPE on value targeting, and that's what comes to my mind here is like, you know, I doubt we're going to get three streets from a lot of hands here so that that we beat. So we're probably you know be happy to get two streets from hands that we beat and you can get them on the turn in the river as opposed to getting in sticky situations with three streets by betting here and being forced to go a number of streets yep. and know, sometimes spots.
2: you have the aim to do one thing and it has like positive side effects too you're like i don't want to you know preflop so sometimes i'm flatting aces there um, if i can't get a significant amount of my stack in or if i think that the players tricky and it's going to be hard for me to figure out what they're doing post um, sometimes, you know, I'll think, all right, I'm going to disguise the strength of my hand and it'll have this like positive side effect of like right. this person thinking, oh, when I flat, I can't possibly have anything. And like right. all of a sudden he's trying really hard to win post flop after having whiffing because he was the three better. Like you get a lot of people being like that. They're like, yeah, it was the three better. I deserve to win the 10 and they'll just right. fire three barrels into you with a worse hand they'll value cut themselves when they think they're value betting and like there's a lot of things that happen when you when you think you're doing something for one reason and it's the right play it can have like five positive side effects that you realize later
1: right but but and this this will seem obvious you know obviously to you but i think for for listeners and, and people who haven't thought this way like consider what your how your actions look to the opponent in this hand then when yeah. you're not you know when you're just calling um instead of instead of four betting, like, then what does your range look like? What do you what Your do you range is like you
2: everything, have? you know? Right. Like, you're 150, 170 big ones deep, and you raise and you get three bats small from a blind, like, my range is literally anything. Right. <laughs> like, right. anything right. that has hope of flopping two pairs, that's literally any two cards. Um, <laughs> and, like, aces is probably the one thing they think you don't have. So Right,
1: that's right. So then you can then counter and play with that in mind. And, and yep. just don't forget how you look to them. Yeah. as opposed to just, like, I have aces, I need to get value out of this. Like, you just have, you know, I, I have to you know, make this a big pot. You just think about what they're thinking and, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and consider that as opposed to what the standard line of thought that you may have in your head, like the way this hand should play out based on what you have. Mm-hmm. just something in their position. So. Okay, so no. let's go to the turn then. Um, so, Oh, wait, did we even say what happened? So Villain checked. Um, the hero bet 360. Um, mm-hmm. So he bet, you know, approximately half the pot um so you know i think you made clear you you would check back here um but he bets half the pot and i'm presuming you know he wants to you know i'm going to put the quotes in the air charge for draws um by betting half the pot uh and the villain calls Mm
3: -hmm.
1: um okay so we go to the turn and so the board is seven of clubs six of diamonds three of clubs and the turn is a five of diamonds so it's really a sticky board. I mean this is really a a, a tough board now. It's like mm. an awful board. If I, I guess 5 of clubs would be the only the work million of the <laughs> one, the other <laughs> the or the 8 of clubs card. would be yeah. the worst card here, right? Um so with that board, the pot is 1455 and the villain checks to us. Mm. So now uh now what are you thinking?
2: Um, I'm checking back. It's like, it doesn't matter what I did on the flop in this situation. Like if, say we checked back the, like, say we checked back the flop to try to get more value in our hand later. Um, this is still a turn where I'm just like, okay, you got the worst turn ever. Like you don't need to, uh, you know, you had aces and like shed one single tear for your aces, um, (laughs) that you're not going to win a huge pot with them. But like, it's not going to be a spot where you win a huge pot off the other guy like it's just not possible anymore um so at this point it's like you should just be pot controlling and determining if this person is going to bluff into you um it's a spot where like you can i mean i admire someone who's still going for value um and if you're against someone who's like terrible and will never fold an overpair in in their life then like yeah go for value and it's fine and if they resist then fold Um, but in this spot, I'm just like, I, I can't even tell a believable story anymore. You know, like I four bet tiny pre, I'm I'm repping a big hand. Um, and now all of a sudden I want to bet every street. Uh, and it's just like, well, what hand can I possibly have? Like, there's just not many, uh, there's not many believable hands you could tell here that aren't like susceptible to a check raise that blows you off it. Right. Um, if he check raises, are you going to pile? Like it makes no sense at all. There's no hand you can have. So it's kind of like if you get check raise, you just have to fold. Um, And, you know, and, like, sometimes you make a bad fold, but, like, that's okay. It's, like, you're better off making a bad fold in a small pot than, like, making this hero shove um, and being wrong.
0: (laughs) Right. Is there any merit here, um, with the hero being in a position, is there any merit here to betting smallish so that... In hopes of getting, just getting checked to on the river?
2: Um, it, on this board, I just wouldn't do it. And, like, I, I do that a lot live. Like, I probably shouldn't even talk about it. But, <laughs> but like, <laughs> a lot of times when you, like, basically just you're, – you're inducing a check on the river. You're betting some tiny amount on the turn just to still, like, seem interested in the hand and not to induce a bet out of the person. Like, where I think I have, you know, I, I think I probably have the best hand, but I really don't know. Like, I'm really not sure. Um, a lot of the times, like, when you're in a position, you could just make, like, a 30% pet, uh, pot bet on the turn – and induce a check on the river and then all of a sudden like you can decide whether you can get value out of your hand or you can decide whether you want to check back at that point um and that's something that's like very useful live because there's a lot more reads involved and stuff and there's also a lot of weaker play where like people will be like oh she's still betting she must have it all right i check. but like here it's like the board is so wet and it's scary and like it's very hard for you to have a straight um i just think that when you bet small um I would just rather peel a river than do that um, and just hope that some, some river card further kills the action where you can get to showdown because I'm just not crazy about it. Like, the only reason you you're that we're still thinking about trying to win the hand is because we started with aces. And I think that's, right. like, the only reason. And, like, you just can't yeah. marry your hand when you're that deep and it's just one pair.
1: So, you know, the, the, the hero does bet 450, so that's a little less than one-third pot on mm-hmm. the turn and he gets called by the villain. Um, like, what are you... What do what is going through your mind on what the villain has at this point? Like, I'm trying to think of his like, is he three betting? You know, a, a small pair pre flop. Is he
2: three yeah, bet? You know, three betting a pretty wide range pre flop. So that that's why it's hard to like try to continue to get value out of our hand because he really can. He really could have just completely smashed the flop. He could have flopped right. a straight. He could like he very likely could turn a straight. Right. Um. He could be good enough to just like know that you have one pair and have two pair and just start betting. You know, like or. Right. Call down and then decide to like pile river or do whatever. Like this guy, even though he's out of position, like the fact that his range is wide and the fact that our hand is pretty well defined um, gives him. He's in the driver's seat kind of when he shouldn't be.
1: Right, right. We gave him. We gave him the keys. Yep. Um, okay, so we go to a river and it's a six of hearts. So now there's seven. So there's no. There's no. No flush draw comes in. There were two on the turn. None of them come in. But we have. Seven six three five six with uh, two diamonds and two clubs. Um, The pot is twenty three fifty five, and the villain leads into us with thirteen eighty nine. So, what what are you thinking here?
2: I think it looks like a value bet. Um, I think that he was like milking us uh, until the river. Like he's like, okay, you want to give me three forty, you want to give me fifty, whatever. Like call, call, and then it's like not, it's not the best play ever um, by the villain, just because it really does. If he if he's Bluffing, I like it, but like it just looks very value-ish. Like yeah. um, that, it's a last-minute. Like I think I can get aces to make a crying call here. Right. Um, but like the size of bet and stuff, I just I just feel like it was like a pretty healthy size value bet. Um, and I probably so, uh, I wouldn't take too long folding my hand.
1: Yeah, I I think and I and I agree with you and I I think that makes a lot of sense. All right, so then let's let's look at this from the villain's perspective, right? Like let's play the hand from his from his perspective. Let's say. You know, he either has an eight or he has sevens or sixes. Like, I mean, he's clearly like we're clearly agreeing that he's probably got a strong hand here, and he kind of thinks or knows that we have a big pair, so he's trying to get value. Jamie, like, how would what's the best way to get value here? Um, given that we, you know, when he bets thirteen eighty nine, we're like we're getting alarm bells and we're folding aces. Like, how would you try to get value from from, from this hand if you were the villain?
2: Um, if I was a villain, it, like, depends who my opponent is. If my opponent is somebody who is going to value bet thinly, um, which a lot of good players are capable of these days, like, even when they're, you know, they, they're betting on a scary board, they can still bet their hand for value. Um, if I'm against an opponent like that, who I think if I check to them, they're going to value bet their overpair, thinking that I have um, a one-pair kind of hand that turned into, like, a pair and what I forget what the board is, but say they have like fives and sixes or something or or sevens and sixes. Um if I'm if I think that the that the person's gonna make uh, like a it's almost like a hero value bet.
1: Yeah. I think it's hard uh, let me repeat the board too because I think it's hard for him him or her in this situation to have to pair because it's <laughs> Seven six three five six. So oh, yeah, that's
2: what I mean. Like if, yeah. if you know, like my over pair is now two pair better than whatever two pair they have.
1: Okay. Yeah, so you're, if you're if yeah, right. Think, right, If
2: they think they're gonna check to me and I'm gonna value bet my aces, if I'm the kind of if I'm I'm the kind of hero that's gonna value bet okay. my hand on a really scary board and like leave myself in like uh leave myself open to basically being check raised huge by the person who's sure they have the best hand. If I'm that kind of player then like yeah, if I'm a villain, I'm gonna check to me. I'm gonna let them like check and let me make my thin value bet to whatever. And, you know, and then he can put in a huge raise. Um, But against an average player, if I just make a huge hand and they appear to have had an overpair the entire time, people hate folding overpairs. Like it takes a good player to like not get married to a hand and just say, okay, like aces in the muck. I lost, you know, 20 big blinds could have been worse. Uh, It takes, you know, a pretty disciplined player to be able to do that. Um, so if I'm the villain, I'm just going to bet my, bet my hand, you know, like, all right, I banked, I made it, I made my straight or I made my boat on the river. Um, I just bet for value and like the, the size of his bet made me think it was a value bet, like a healthy size value bet.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. And what if you're the hero and the villain checks to us? Are you ever, are you, are you the finish value better in this situation yeah I value cut
2: myself more than anyone like yes (laughs) um if if he checks to me um I would think about though I'm like my hand's pretty much what it looks like so it's tough like I would have to think the player was bad in order for me to make a value bet in that spot like I would have to be like this guy's really loose uh he can't get he like he's a station he can't get rid of his hand he's gonna call out of curiosity even um, right. If I think that, like, that, that's pretty much the only time I'm going to bet aces or kings in that spot is when I'm like, okay, this guy is never going right. to not click the call button. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, there are bad players who will call with jacks or queens here. Um,
2: yeah, and it's like, that's not even that you know terrible that? of a call. Like, that, that's why it's like... I mean, my hand does definitely look like Aces, so, it, yeah, it's not the greatest call ever, but, like, I'm thinking about people who've had their hand counterfeit and they'll still call.
1: Right, right. You know,
2: they're like, well, I put them on Ace-King, and, like, I'm just going to keep putting, like, some people will just always put you on the hand they could beat, you know? Right. I love those mm-hmm. people, except sometimes it's hard, <laughs> it's Like, like, it's hard having it, you know?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so, I, I thought that was actually, you know, that, that that was interesting. That was definitely a very interesting hand. Um, I think uh, I think that's good. Do you want to Go to the next
0: hand, KB. Yeah, let's do it. I'll uh, I'll run this one down. It is from a member by the name of Dougie Fresh <laughs> with a three instead of an E, which is awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, he says this hand happened earlier in the night, and he's try- trying to remember the details, which I think he does a pretty good job of doing. This is from the Bovada BDPO, which was their big series that they ran. I guess about a month ago. Uh, and it was their $50 KO six-max, which sounds like the funnest tournament of all time. Um, <clears throat> he says there's just over 60 players left. Pays 30. Um, we, meaning the hero, has uh, well above an average stack with about 45 big blinds. Villain um, has close to double our stack and is very deep and has been playing loose, but not sure how aggressive. Uh, so we'll take that. For- what it's worth, um, but no specific notes and not a ton of hands on them. Uh, so we're at 250, 500 blind level, and again, we start with 45 bigs, uh, which he says is about 23K. Uh, under the gun folds, hero, uh, I'm, he doesn't say he's under the gun plus one, but he must be somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, he raises to 1,000 with the eight of spades and the nine of hearts, so 8-9 offsuit, suit. Cut off and button fold, and the small blind, who is the villain, calls, and the big blind folds. So I guess the first thing we should be asking ourselves, because it's the thing that immediately jumps out at me, should we be opening
1: 8-9 opposite here?
2: <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I mean, just to be fair,
1: though, it's not really under the gun. It's it's the hijack position, because it's only six-handed. Uh, yeah, we're six-handed. That's right. So it's not like he's doing it from under the gun, plus one, in a nine-handed table.
0: True enough. But, okay. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: It. Yep, so yeah, I
0: guess you're right. So we only have, we do only have four people to get. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like I we're missing a little know. information
1: here because, you know, if the big blind has a re-steal stack or, you know, or they're all kind of middle, well, I guess the, the small blind has a big stack, so he he's likely, you know, he could be much more likely to call. But if everyone's like, you know, 28 to 34 big blinds, that that's a different situation to be raising yeah. into. So we're missing I a little think info.
2: I think opening 8-9 the spot's okay as long as you're not opening until, like, uh, reshove stacks and stuff that's exactly yeah exactly that's, that's, that's what I the only thing it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna see flops with people it's okay and like it's good to like not always just be opening your premium hands and stuff or you know so people can't range you as as uh correctly but yeah if you have someone who's got like a 22 big blind stack in the, in the blind or something I'm not gonna I'm not loving them open
0: yeah and it's possible too that you know he he does give us a little bit of info on the villain, but it's possible that everybody else at the table has been folding the entire time, and he's like, "Well, I just have to get through one yeah. guy, so I'll just raise." Um, so yeah, so we maybe a little question mark on the open, but we can we can work with it. Um, so that puts thirty-one fifty in the pot after the small blind folds and the our calls and the big blind folds, and the flop comes seven four ten, with two hearts. So we flop open at the straight draw. And a backdoor flush draw, although not a very good one for what that's worth. Um, so, what do you think in here, Jamie? The villain in this case checks, so it's to us with 3150 in the pot, and we have an open and a straight draw.
2: Um, I think. I mean, I think the standard is probably to c-bet. Um, you, you're heads up, and you just got like either the it big blind or the small blind defended. Um, usually, with just a blind defending, I'm going to c-bet most most flops, yeah. especially ones where I catch a piece of it. Like if I hit something, I'm definitely going to be c-betting.
0: Right, and our, uh, and our hand is, I guess, nicely disguised if, you know, we do happen to turn a straight, um, at least somewhat. Um, so our hero does bet. He bets 16.75, and I guess this is kind of where it gets dicey. So villain raises to 37.55, which I guess is, what, two and a half mm-hmm. X? Um, so now what are we thinking, because...
2: Um. Time. This is just a problem. So here I started with 23K, you said, right? Like, calling yes. off, and it's, it becomes problematic. Like, it's not a spot where anybody would be, like, pumped about being in it. Um, and if it's a rainbow board, I am not really hesitating to call. I'd be like, okay, well, I got myself in this spot <laughs> by raising this hand and then flopping something and c-betting it. Um, and now, like, I have to call because I'm getting, like, okay, like, implied odds that if I hit, I'm going to, like, that my you know, opponent's not gonna be like, well he probably has eight nine off. Um so like you are you have implied odds to double double through your opponent um with their smallest check raise um on that board if you do happen to hit. My problem with this hand is it's not a rainbow board. Um yeah. Yeah. you're on a two heart board. When you get check raise there, a lot of times you're getting check raised by a flush draw um of some kind. Like the I mean like what else obviously there's a wider range of hands you could be check raising, but like Combo draws with hearts and stuff tend to be what people love check raising because they want to get a chance to get it in while they still have good equity, which is on the flop. Um, And so when we make this call here for a somewhat significant part of our stack, like it's getting to put us a little, we're getting a little bit committed to this hand. um, All of a sudden, like you can't really give yourself your full eight outs on the turn. You're giving yourself really six clean outs and then two outs that are stacking you um so that's a problem because pretty much like when you make this call you're only seeing the turn card you're not guaranteeing yourself to see two cards um so like you're basically giving yourself a 12 percent chance to win the hand when you have your six outs and that's a problem you Hmm. don't you're all of a sudden you're not getting the correct odds you know to put in 2000 and and also considering that like most players are not going to hit the card that they hit on the turn and then be able to get away from it so like you kind of put yourself into a spot where like you're only seeing one card, you're calling off a decent part of your stack, and you might stack yourself.
0: <laughs> that's a really good point, actually, about the idea that we're really only seeing one card.
2: Yeah, you're giving yourself no chance to win the hand except for to make the best hand. Um, and that's a problem. And, I, and, like, look, if it's a board where you're getting eight clean outs, you're like, you have a 16% chance to hit on the turn, uh, and you're pretty much going to stack your opponent when you hit. That's I don't really have a problem with it. Like, we did get we did something that's usually a plus EV play. We c-bet against one opponent on a board that you should be able to take it down versus a blind defend, um, and it just didn't work out. Like, So that's okay. Like, it's not like just because we got check-raised we made a bad play. We made a play that has a positive expected value. It turned into a sticky situation because all of a sudden now they make a small three-bet or a small raise on the flop, and you're like, oh, crap. And now you just have to kind of figure out, like, plan ahead. What am I going to do with this hand when this or this or this happens? so when right. we made the call i'm not really sure it'd be interesting to hear what hero would have done in like you know depending on what turn card you're getting because this one is a turn card where you're like okay. oh yay oh wait <laughs>
0: <laughs> right yeah so in in the hand um the hero does call um so now we have a pretty big pot at this point uh ten ten thousand seven hundred fifty chip pot and as you alluded to what maybe is a good card, uh, the Jack of Hearts. So that makes it 7, 4, 10, Jack, 3 hearts. And again, we have the 8, 9 with just the 9 of Hearts, which we do have a straight flush draw, I guess. <laughs> I didn't realize that. We're not dead. <laughs> well, unless he has our mouth, but, um So on this turn, and now the villain leads for 7K, which... Um, I guess is isn't completely surprising because we got check-raised on the flop. So what are, what are your thoughts now? I mean, I, I don't know that we can really do anything except shove
2: or fold. Yeah, I mean, fold, at this point, right? it's really funny because it, it's like this guy is still protecting a set or something. Like, his bet sizing is just way too huge for making, like, the nut flush. Like, think of the things he would check-raise the flop with, and you're like, it's nutted hands. hand. It's hands with at least, like, nut draws in them. So you don't, you know, you're not normally expecting to get check raise on a flop with two hearts with, like, like jack high, or whatever, queen high flush draw, or, like, he could have a combo draw, I guess, like, five, six of hearts or something like that, um, mm-hmm. that it's still going to have to protect their hand on the turn, but it's just weird to have, have him hit his hand and then bet 70% pot on the turn. Like, that's, that's a lot. So it's, like, I mean, it depends what I think of villain at that point. Like, if it's live and I'm playing against a player who's an extreme nit, I'm folding my hand because I'm like they're just not ever bluffing there and they're not going to keep protecting their set once the scare card hits. Um, and they they obviously check raised with, like, a nut draw hand and they just made it. Um, if it's someone who I just think is, like, kind of a loose bad player, I might have to just go with my hand because I'm like they just don't, you know, if they don't know the value of their hand, if they're only dealing with, like, absolute value and not re- relative hand strength and they just have no clue what i have they're just like i still have two pair i still have a set whatever i might have to go with my <laughs> hand cuz it's like they're still going to protect their hand even when it's not the best hand.
0: Uh, right. So kind of yeah, annoying, this, and like this is, i
2: think i probably have to go with it at this point just cuz of the ridiculous bet sizing.
0: Yeah, this is you bring up a good point. It's like if if it's a set and now he's like panicking and trying to protect it then we win. Yeah. If he made a flush which he had raised on the flop he probably wouldn't bet this big
2: probably not that's what's so weird though cuz sometimes people accidentally make a good play you know like they're just overprotecting and they're scared um and they bet an amount that throws you off because you're like well no logical person is going to overprotect their nut flush they just made and then you're like well that's what he has
0: <laughs> yeah so it does happen statement. but
2: it's like you have to make your best guess on what this like this bet indicates some kind of range they probably have and in this situation, I just kind of have this, like, gut feeling that our hand is good now.
0: Interesting. How about you, Diego? What are you thinking?
1: The size of the bet makes me feel like he is not milking us. Um, I think he would bet smaller um, if he was trying to – because, let's see, well, how deep are we? What is – what is what do we have?
0: We have about
1: – 23K. We have
0: about um, – Yeah, we have, like hmm. – well, we have 18K behind.
1: So if we have – there's 10K in the pot and he bets seven and we call is it, 24K, and how much do we have left? Like let, way less than a pot size bet left, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. like he's not yeah. giving us any chance to, like, think that we have fold equity. And that's right, a problem. That's what I mean. Like when, I'm, when I have the nut flush there, I'm, like, almost sorry that I check-raised the flop because I'm like, crap, well, now, right. like, it's very obvious when I keep betting that that's what I was betting. You know, like you're, you're just right. like – Okay, well I couldn't get it in on the flop, and like now I guess this person's gonna know what I have. Hopefully they have a set or something that's drawing where they can think ah, I guess I'll just call, or right. whatever. Like, um, so in this spot, like if I were if I were villain and I made my hand and I think that this person has a valuable hand, like I'm gonna bet small. Like if I if that's I am exactly saying. Flop, I'd probably make it like forty-two hundred and that's, not really yeah. worry, because you're not so deep that you have to worry about giving the person implied odds to draw out yeah. and you have two pairs. Yeah, and if
1: you make it 42, then the pot is going to be, like, 18 or 19k, and there's it 14, like you're like 14 behind.
2: You could even, like, down bet the turn, which is like, it's hard to do, but, like, you check-raise the flop to, thir- like, 3-something, you could bet 2800 on the turn if you really wanted to and make it look like you're trying to buy a free river. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the 7k yeah. Just is just this weird bet to me, and it makes me feel protectionist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like he's protectionist for some reason, and I... I, I uh, yeah, I just I don't know unless he's like really leveling us. But I I, I tend to give people more credit than they should get. Um, so
2: you're giving him credit for like protecting a small made flush or something.
1: Or maybe the set that he had and he just was like afraid. But if he had but a that's set, that's Like
2: should... we can beat that set, you know. Like I, know, just... I, know. Um, I know, I know,
1: I know, I know. I just don't. want, I wonder why he wouldn't. Why he would bet like that with a set, like. Yeah. so is it? It doesn't feel. It, it can't. I don't know, it doesn't feel like a set because of that. Yeah. But just the bed size is so weird for a made hand.
2: Yeah, I get into the trouble too because like I'm I tend to like go I play very risky to get big value. You know, like there's a lot of times when it's like, okay, like I'm aware that there are all these like monsters under the bed that can get me, but in this situation, like my hand you only have so many big hands in a tournament. You know, you're not gonna get you're not going to make a straight or you're not going to make the nut flush 14 times in a tournament so when you do you you can play it sort of risky and get right. value. You have to. If you want to win the tournament, you can't play like a little wuss and like always yeah. overprotect your hands because you're gonna min cash a lot, right. which I did do. So I should take my own advice. But
3: <laughs>
2: but you have to like get max out of his hands. So if you're a villain here, like if you do have a made hand, you're making a huge mistake because you're making someone who made their hand want to fold in some. Yeah, that,
1: that's what I'm saying. So it doesn't feel like he's he's made. Like, is it possible that he picked up another draw and now, like, like he wants to just be committed to it? That he had
2: something like top pair with the ace of hearts. He could have yeah, exactly. ace of hearts and, and just think, well, my hand's good here more often yeah. than not. Um, right. Yeah, like he very he very well could. But I feel like even the sizing of his check raise on the flop, though, is like small. So it's like, don't right. you want – I don't know. It's, it's a weird situation for sure. Yeah. Um,
3: I'm
2: gonna, I'd am gonna. i have trouble folding my hand with that bet size, though, because it doesn't look like he's going for value. It looks like he's telling me, hey, you have no fold equity, just to let you know. So right. Right. He could have just made two pair on the turn too. Like jack 10 is in, you know, people it's in their defend range and it makes two pair on the turn and all of a sudden he check raises the flop and he's like, "Sweet, I just banked it on the turn." He doesn't realize that he's in trouble.
1: That's right. So, yeah, it doesn't feel like value. Yeah. It feels like he's just trying to like like lever- like
2: and the hand signal us Yeah, and the hand signal to us, yeah, the the hand. Hand. <laughs> signal
1: to us like yeah. I'm sure he's not thinking in these terms, but like th- I'm leveraging your stack right now. Like if, yeah. you know, if you're going to put in the 7k, it's for everything. Like yeah, that's which what he
2: also that's, includes bluffs in his range now too if that's what he's right. thinking if he's eyeing your stack and he was deep to start the hand and he has you covered um, and like a lot of times like that's that's all it takes in tournaments is like putting pressure on people making them play for their tournament life when you're when you don't have to. Um,
0: right.
3: And
2: that could just be this situation where he's like, okay well if I bet 7k on the turn his only his only real play is to shove or fold and in that situation like that means that hero has to have a hand. You know, like, right. they can't just have nothing. And, like, because this guy's clearly not folding even his 10 or whatever he has. So, you know, it's not really the worst play ever by by uh, villain, except that it kind of telegraphs the strength of his hand, which I think is not that strong. Right. Um,
0: right. You know, with that in mind, I'm actually wondering, is there any value to ever just calling here?
2: Oh, to let him, like, dump off more chips on this river? I mean, I... There can be, but in not like I know exactly what you're talking about, We you're just like way ahead or way behind theory. But I don't yeah. think you're way ahead on a three flush board. Uh, that's also like becoming a straighty board. And it's just right. sort of like like you can't ever really be way, way ahead here unless the person has a complete air ball. Um, and they've put they've made the pot valuable, you know, like you don't like it's okay to just win it now. If the person's on stone like complete yeah, okay. air ball, I just, I don't think it's that big of a deal. You're not that deep stack that like waiting to the river to have them shove is that much more valuable. Like I think protecting your hand from getting drawn out on in this already big pot is more valuable than letting the person bluff one more street.
0: Yeah. And there are a lot of cards we don't like. Yeah. Uh, obviously yeah, any heart.
2: heart.
0: <laughs> and even an eight, an eight well, any or any overcard to really. become
2: a little bit sketchy. You're like, I don't know. There's not a lot you want to see. And there's, there's also some cards yeah. that are like so bad that it's going to slow the person's. Like they might not even bluff at anymore. Right.
3: Um right. so
2: you're not always getting the stack even when they are on a complete airball.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. So yeah, so our, our hero tanks and apparently thought it through as geniusly as we did <laughs> and then shoves 18 And got through? And then we never find out what happened. <laughs> oh, I, uh,
2: you know what, though? Like, one, this is my pro tip for milking internet forums, because this is what I do. Like, when I have a big hand, like, a, in a cash game, and I want to post some like, high stakes on 2 plus 2, or if I want to, like, run it by TPE, do not post results. You'll get so many better answers before yeah. you post the result, and then post the results after you're satisfied with the answers. When you post results first, and you have a bunch of geniuses who tell you, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Yeah, but it's been a month. So I want the results. <laughs> well, okay. I yeah. think
2: they've gotten all the responses they could hope for. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Yo, Dougie Fresh, yeah. hit us Dougie up
2: with a results, please. First time you tell us what happened. I can't – I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah. I could look back at the BDPO results and see if he finished in 45th or whatever. He said there was left, 60 left.
1: I'm actually posting right now. Hey, we just covered this on the podcast. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: tell us the results We already. want
1: results. <laughs> okay.
0: Funny. Cool. Well, I think that was a that was an interesting end too. I think that's a spot that a lot of people get into, uh, particularly on turns where y- y- you hit cards that you think are good for your hand, and then you look again and go, I don't know, is it good for us? I guess on the Kids river too a well, lot. are but... a too
2: generous with the outs that they're giving themselves too, which is like I like to just think of it in my head every time as like I have this many definitely clean outs, and then this many decide later outs. You know. Yeah. You can't right, just give right. yourself, you're like, I'm open-ended, I have eight outs. It's like, you can't, when the board is scary and, and there's like two to a flush, especially in multi hands, and it's a big mistake people make in cash games when we're super deep, and I see people calling, and I'm like, what could that person be calling with here? And like, you'll see the hand get shown down, and I'm like, someone's just like, they're basically, they're giving themselves all of their outs, when there's no chance they have all their outs. Like, they have a combo draw of like, uh, an open-ended straight draw and like a crappy flush draw, And they're in a four-way pot where, like, a lot of money goes in on the flop, and then you can no longer give yourself the flush draw. Like, if four people are still interested on a two-heart board, and you have, like, the eight-high flush that happen to be open-ended in a flush, that hand has a lot of value on the flop if you can get it heads-up. But all of a sudden, you're four ways to the turn, and, like, you don't really want to hit your flush anymore.
1: (laughs) Right. You're probably
2: going to lose unless you hit your, like, uh, a clean straight draw out. So that's something like people are a little too liberal with like the things they think are going to be good for them. And I'm like, it's just right. not. A lot of times you're you're going to value cut yourself when you hit a card you think is good, which really kills you.
0: Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, good stuff. Um, I think we could probably wrap her up there,
2: huh? Yeah, I'm still in this tournament. I'm going to win.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, you got the, uh, the TPE podcast running. If that's, right that's a real now.
2: thing, I'm going to be honest. Like I'm on the final table bubble right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, <after>. nice. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just busted mine, so apparently the running oh, doesn't man. work for uh, post. Only for the gas. Uh,
2: it has to do with like being accountable. Like usually I'm just like play, 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 who cares? But when you're like explaining strategy, I'm looking at hands I'm like, well, I can't open this hand now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just said we shouldn't open eight nine off, so I can't do it. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, thanks, Jamie. It's been fun, and uh, I'm sorry it took us so long to get you on. And, and good luck in the tournament, thanks. too. I hope you win. We'll, uh, we'll be following along on Twitter, which, by the way, for everybody listening, Jamie uh, at Jamie Kerstetter, so you can uh, see if she
1: won last actually, night. I never – I stopped listening. posting,
2: like, hands and stuff on Twitter. I basically just make fun of stuff.
1: <laughs> Even better. No, actually, you really the... funny on Twitter, so if you, hey. should follow, you should follow Jamie. She, um, I think you and Chris Moon have the best Twitter – accounts oh God. of, of T P and you guys That's do tend collaborative to
2: Twitter accounts. He asked me to marry him like fourteen times a year. <laughs> yes. and anyone thinking at the time is like who the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> yep <laughs>
1: Yes, I think he has a Twitter crush on you.
2: Oh
0: <laughs> Yeah and I never realized uh it dawned on me as we were talking earlier in the intro that he's a Spartan and you're a wolverine Oh yeah
2: so it could never work. You should tell him
0: <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna let him yeah. know. <laughs> And I'm a Central Michigan Chippewa, so I'm not even in the... (laughs) Aw,
2: you can be friends with everyone (laughs) because your teams don't really exist that much.
0: (laughs) That's very true. Well, cool, Jamie. Thanks again. And um, like I said, we'll get you on again in the very near future. Uh, Follow her on Twitter and um, make sure, and if you're in New Jersey, check out Party Poker. And you can actually play against (laughs) the Jamie Cruz there.
1: And we'll get you back on the live broadcast after a bad beat from the World Series. Yeah, absolutely.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All cool. right, thanks guys. All right, thanks okay.
0: again, Jamie. We will be back in just a few minutes to wrap things up here on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. I want to give a big thanks to Jamie for stopping in. Um, she's awesome.
1: That was, yeah, was a great guest. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Good
0: book. Enjoyed it a lot. Um, I have, I've had a little opportunity to hang out with her in the past out in Vegas or up in New Jersey, and uh, I, I like her a lot. I think she's a really smart poker player. And as we mentioned, you, you do need to follow her on Twitter because even if she doesn't talk about um, TP, or not TP, if she, even if she doesn't talk about poker stuff, she does spend. A lot of time making really funny tweets. Yeah. So, Would she, actually me and sorry again? Was, I was gonna say, me and Mark were actually joking uh, the other night about a tweet that she had posted, and uh, she tweeted, Why do people use roofies? Seems more legal and delicious to just give someone a Klondike bar. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the kind of yeah. awesome value you get from Jamie's Twitter. So, check it Would out. Would she
1: be the best thing for poker to win the main event?
0: That's a good question. And by by she, I assume you mean would it be the best thing for a woman to win the main
1: event? No, no, I mean, like, well, her specifically. Like, yes, a woman winning well, the main event would be fantastic, right? But, like...
0: This is a very good point you make now, because A, she's obviously smart, yeah. you know, intelligent, all that kind of stuff, but the fact that she is a party poker pro right. in a state where it's been legalized so you get that sort of publicity of hey, here's a Ex lawyer who became a professional yeah. poker player who's making money legally online in the state of New Jersey. Right. Yeah, it would be great PR for not only for bringing people into the game, female and male alike, but also sort of progressing the the fight to get online poker fully regulated in the United States.
1: Right. I mean, and think about it like you don't think like David Letterman would want her on if she won the main event. Like, yeah, that's l- a good. Point. I mean, would he bring Kathy Liebert on? And I'm not trying to, like, you know... <laughs> Hi, Kathy! <laughs> sorry. I feel so awful. I don't wonder. if I doubt she listens. I wonder if we should edit this. I feel so awful, because I actually... I really like her. I played with... No,
0: I, I'm not. I'm that in I there.
1: played with her at the NAPC, and she was really nice. <laughs> and I'm sorry I went to her for the <laughs> example. Say. But, you know, Jamie's photogenic, and you put her on... You know, the the, the networks would love to... like. I think she'd be like on all the talk shows like and, and she'd be a great rep that's what I'm talking about so like is there someone better to be who, could there be someone better to be the uh, WSB champion for poker I don't I don't know if there is Dan, Dan Bilzerian that would be fantastic <laughs> that would be, you, you oh wait you know what I, I, okay so there are some people that would be better like if Ray Romano wins it right or George Costanza uh, whatever whatever his name is in real life <laughs> That's not his real name. <laughs> Pete, what is it, uh, Peter Alexander? Yeah, right. The Peter? I can't. No. I can't even.
0: John. <laughs> J- J- it is something Alexander.
1: George Alexander? No, it's not George. Oh, my God. We've been doing this for too long today. Uh, yeah.
0: This is going to be our best outro segment ever, though, I can tell.
1: I'm literally looking up Peter Alexander. and that's, It's definitely not Peter. Look up Peter Alexander because it's definitely not Peter Alexander. Jason Alexander. That's That's who it is. Oh my god! What a brain. Sorry, Jason, if you're (laughs) listening. Sorry, Jason. The list of apol—like maybe we should do at the bottom our list of apologies for this week. Yeah. Uh,
0: Sorry to Kathy Lieber. Yeah. uh,
1: Jason Alec (laughs) Peter Alexander. (laughs) So yes, he would be. He would. You know. He would like. Okay, so omitting some gigantic celebrity um, or sports celebrity, right? Yeah. Like she could be the best person to win the World Series of Poker. Yeah,
0: I think you're right. I I well now she has to do it. Yeah, obviously. right. right. <laughs> I, w- I wonder what she
1: would say about that. Let's get her back <laughs> on. <to me. laughs> anyway, that's a, that's an interesting thought experiment and I would say let's our, lo- our 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 loyal listeners who have been awesome at tweeting things at us when we ask. If you can think of someone better, just tweet tweet at us @turnpoker edge who you think would be a better uh, WSOP winner than Jamie.
0: Yeah, definitely do I'd that. Love to start that conversation. I mean, yep. And, uh, and use the hashtag TP edge too, so we can uh, easily track them. Right. Uh, yeah. I'd be curious to know what other people think. Wow. I'm, yeah, I'm actually now I'm bracking my own brain, but yeah. we have business to do. Yes, it, so. right, right, um, right, right. Yeah. So yeah. So thanks again to uh, to Jamie. That was uh, that was really fun to, to sit down and talk with her. Um, let's talk a little bit about what's going on at TP. Lots of new stuff going on.
1: Yeah, lots of good videos. Um, I think it's a good set of videos as the World Series come comes up, um, and I say that primarily because there's a new pro, uh, Ben Reasons, um, who is a fantastic live grinder. Um, he's He's done really well in live tournaments. um, And he reviews a member's, uh, I think it was a win. Was it a win or a deep run? It was a a win. Um, I think it was a win, yep. Yeah, and a $5 uh, attorney on stars. Um, Ben is a very, you know, if you like the analytical, um, I'm looking at the HUD stats and I'm, you know, evaluating you know, frequencies and tendencies and you know, looking at how often this person beds versus versus his three bed range, blah blah blah, all those things. Um he's that kind of guy and he's really thoughtful and um his hand analysis go very deep so uh, I've been watching his series as sort of my like little warm up uh, to the WSOP. Um and then of course I'm probably gonna go and uh and watch the um you know a couple of Andrew Brocas series. Um yeah. and Casey and you know all the, all the good stuff. But right now, um, Ben's premiere series just ended. Um, Andrew has a series uh, evaluating bluffs, um, a theory series uh, going on. Um, Chris Moon has a Sunday Saver series, which is a hand history review. And Ben Warrington just finished a series as well. So um, a good batch of videos uh, that just kind of are running or, or finishing up and then coming up, um, we have uh, Dale Jace is coming out with a new series, and Corey Wayland from uh, our last podcast has a new series. His you know his next series coming out. So um, a lot of good stuff um, over at TPE right now. A lot of good videos, and I will hint at a new video type on its way. Won't say more than that. Probably be able to announce it at the next um, podcast. But we have we're always thinking of new ways to deliver innovative content to you guys. And I think we hit something that'll be really interesting for for everyone, and and something that I think will um, will enhance your experience with TPE. So, yeah,
0: I'm looking forward to it myself uh, for reasons I can't really say
1: because it'll give away the (laughs) it'll
0: give away too much information. But stay tuned for that because it is going
1: to be fun. Yeah, I think. uh, Well, my only hint will be I think it will be useful during the World Series time. Put it that. Yep. Yep. I like that. Yep.
0: Cool. Yeah, so lots of good videos. Um, been getting a ton of, uh, of new articles in from the pros, so make sure and go over and, and check those out as well. Uh, new articles by Daryl, by Ginger, uh, and a few other people. So um, if you are, can't stare at videos any longer and need a little break and want to do some light reading, check out some of the articles. And also a very quick reminder about uh, our sister podcast, if you will. Can we call it a sister podcast?
1: Um, uh, yeah, you both are. But two girls, so <laughs> we're both
0: kind of girly. <laughs> um, yeah, so check out uh, Midstakes Living, new podcast yeah. that uh, Ginger45 and I are doing. It's just a little side project yeah. on a monthly basis where we talk with uh, Midstakes, not necessarily Midstakes, but MTT grinders specifically. Yeah. Um, no strategy, but we do talk a lot about like just you know, things like I don't know, how to get better, how to keep yourself in shape. We talk a little bit about HUDs and things like that. So, uh, if you like this podcast, I think you like that one. So, check it out um, on TP or you can search Midstakes Living on iTunes. So, how
1: are things with your mistress anyway?
0: Do you <laughs> think good? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of him. Already. Is he a better host than me? <laughs>
1: What does he um, break well, he, that I don't have? I don't really... I, I actually
0: think he might be a better host than both oh, of us. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's probably true. We're probably talking
1: ourselves out of a job. So,
0: <laughs> Well, he's like he's like a writer and yeah. a screenplay oh, guy and all that stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, so it, it, I actually love the podcast because I kind of, you know, I do the intro and I... Throwing a question here, but I mostly just let him run the show, and it's great because he asks great questions, really well thought out, and yeah, you know, and it's fun. I, I can't get tired of talking poker, so I
1: just yeah. do it at every opportunity. Right. I can. right. Well, maybe we should have like an, you know another crossover show with him, you know? And oh uh, yeah,
0: like when Marvel and DC would once in a while mix. Right,
1: and then I can <laughs> confront him and ask him what his intentions are with you. <laughs> 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 uh nice okay that show's not happening yes. <laughs> <so much. laughs> alright this is getting weird time to end the yeah. podcast <laughs> absolutely
0: so uh, yeah thanks to, to everybody for hanging around this long if you've made it this far you are a trooper um, and good luck for all of you guys prepping for the world series we hope to see you out there hit us up come to the meetup and uh, yep. as always thank you very much from all of us yep. here at the tournament poker edge
1: podcast See you. Uh, we'll talk to you guys one more time before the world series so
0: yes we'll get one more episode out we'll squeeze one out yep
1: Sounds good. All right. Let everybody see you. I want to hold them
3: like they do in Texas, please. Hold them, let them hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me. I love it. and intuition, play the cards with babes to start. And after she's been hooked, I'll play the one that's on her heart. Oh, wow. With her heart, that we will be. while little gambling is fun when you're with me. It. Russian roulette is not the same without a gun. And baby, when it's loving, it's not rough, it's not fun, fun. Oh, 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 Love nobody. Yeah.